0: A lecture on Zen is always something in the nature of a hoax, because it really does deal with a domain of experience that can't be talked about. But one must remember at the same time that there's really nothing at all that can be talked about adequately.
1: Welcome back to another episode of East Screen, West Screen. This is episode 69, and we're coming to you from the future, because we've got a very special show to talk about with you today. As usual, I am Paul Fox, and joining me from a secret location here in the Fragrant Harbor is Mr. Kevin Ma. Hello, everybody. And we're very fortunate to once again have with us today... The man who sometimes goes by the name of Kozo and who's always known as the webmaster at lovehkfilm.com, Mr. Ross Chen. Hi. How you doing, gentlemen? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> pretty pretty <laughs> you <good. know. laughs> excited I can see to talk about uh the thing we're gonna talk about today, right? No, because I don't oh, want
2: yeah. I don't want to cut off my boss, you know. He's, he's, he's... <laughs>
1: uh-huh. well it's all fair here That's in okay. the virtual space, so <laughs> Um, all right, so we are Pretty here much. to talk about, about uh, to talk about this movie uh, that people have been talking about for quite a while, and that is 3D Sex and Zen. So before we get too much into this episode, I do want to throw out a warning. Um, there will be an explicit tag uh, associated with this particular podcast. Um, if you are underage, uh, stop listening now, uh, because we are going to be talking about somewhat sensitive and adult material, and if you're somebody who's offended by strong language or adult situations or anything you'd find in perhaps, say, a rated R film, uh, you may want to take a pass on this particular episode, because we are going to be talking about this film, and it is Category 3, and it does deal with some subject matter that some people might find offensive. And also, I'd like to throw out a recommendation that uh, if you're really interested in this film today, and you don't have a lot of experience with Category 3 cinema from Hong Kong, I would strongly urge you guys to go take a listen to um, Kenneth Burson's podcast, uh, This Week in Sleaze, which is, you know, he only started up a little while ago. Um, It's one of the sort of sub-branch podcasts coming off their podcast on Fire Network. And their third episode focuses entirely on the original uh, Sex and Zen And him and his partner go very much into depth talking about it and the history and some of the stars in it. And I think they do a really nice job, um, much more so than I could possibly do, because this really is not uh, an area of expertise for myself. So uh, really take some time and go grab that and listen to it if you're interested in this genre and you have no exposure to it. All right, but before we get into any of that, why don't we start off with a little bit of news? All right, so before we get to our big uh, East Screen film discussion for this week, we've got a couple news stories of interest. Uh, Probably the biggest one was that uh, a couple nights ago we had the Hong Kong Film Awards. And uh, some people came away very happy, some people not so much. Uh, Kevin, you want to give us a quick breakdown or a rundown of the awards?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I caught every moment of the awards. Um, a lot of upsets. Well, I, some upsets, a lot of good surprises. Uh, this year's Hong Kong Film Awards. Um, Detective D, uh, which had the most nominations, I think, uh, took away six awards. Um, four of those were technical awards, but also won uh, Best Director for Trey Hark and uh, Best Actress for Karina Lau. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the first Best Actress Award for Karina Lau, right? I think. Yeah, uh, Hong Kong, yeah. yes. Yes, in Hong Kong. So that's a big night. And then um, Nicholas Say also had a big night. Uh, he won Best Actor for the first time in his career uh, for Stool Pigeon. Um, it Man 2 kind of came out, I guess, the loser. It only won one award for Best Action uh, for Sammo Hung. Um, uh, another surprise, uh, Love in a Puff. Uh, won Best Screenplay, even though Pang ho Chen or Pang Hao-Shang now, I guess we should call him, Uh, never really, haven't really won, i only won a Best New Director Award, I think years ago for Men's Son in Black. Um, but the biggest surprise of the night uh, was Gallants. Not only did it take home uh, the two Best Supporting Acting Awards uh, for uh, Susan Shaw and uh, Teddy Robin, also won Best Original Score and Best Picture, which uh, I think a lot of people didn't, didn't, uh, than we expect um gentlemen uh thoughts on the awards
1: yeah Ross, why don't you um sh- share some of your thoughts?
3: Well, it was too long <laughs> four hours yeah it was quite
1: it was quite long yes
3: yeah, yeah, I took a nap in the middle
1: <laughs> during the musical numbers <laughs>
3: just I couldn't sleep during the uh the uh you know the in Memor- memoriam of segment because it was only like two minutes long. Yeah. And during Chinese fat speech i took a long nap no i was gonna say the awards this year were yeah I, I was i was surprised in a way but i don't know uh gallant's winning of course is like amazing it's amazing because it's a film everyone loved i think everyone who liked it genuinely liked it you know but at the same time it's 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 like it's not a huge shocker because it has won other awards previous to this uh, the hong kong film Critics society award so there was some precedent that it would uh that it was well loved locally mm. it could just be that um that you know we don't know i mean we don't know exactly how it won it could just be the plurality thing where no one can really decide on a best picture and suddenly just the one people like just comes to the fore
0: mm-hmm.
3: i don't think Did- there was a clear-cut favorite for any of the awards this any of the f- pictures this year i didn't see it. it's not like a bodyguards and assassins situation
2: well halfway around the award i was thinking when detective d started picking up all these uh, um, the technical awards, and then when it got best director, then suddenly I thought, oh, "Whoa, it might it might walk away with the best picture." But then it kind of reminds me of the It Man situation uh, two years ago when um, when uh, 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 the way we were, the way we are, um, took away all these a lot of these major awards, and It Man ended up taking best picture at the end of the night.
3: It's kind of reversed because you think It Man should be the one winning everything else, and suddenly the way we are comes up to win. That's the same thing as Gallants in a way. Mm-hmm. That's the way you know. If you parallel the two, this is like reversed, where it's like, you know, the big studio film is the one that took everything, and then suddenly the small one comes up and just swipes the uh, the big award. And that last time it was like The Way We Are was poised to win everything, mm-hmm. you know, and then suddenly, Ip Man comes in and and and, and yeah, and swipe the best the best picture. So you know, it, it's weird. You know, I wouldn't be so fast to uh, so quick to label this like a sea change or anything. I know a lot of people are really happy that this happened. Mm-hmm. um, they talk about it online uh but I, I think it's more of an aberration at this moment
1: well let, let me let me turn to a couple of the um the awards that were kind of a little bit shocking to me um best new artist uh oh, yeah yeah, uh, kind of
3: that just weird
1: yeah came from <laughs> out of nowhere uh was not what I would have thought would have who i would have thought would have won um and then also there was the issue with um uh, was it the visual effects for Detective D and uh, Director Tsui Hart came up and basically said, you know, the the group that did it no longer exists because they don't do visual effects now; they do animation or something. So, yeah, they switched completely to animation. Yeah. yeah um, so that was kind of an odd, you know, just weird moment um, for the festival. And then the they did they did quite a few sort of. Retrospective moments, I would say. But the thing that struck me, and as uh, you know, they they look, look out to the audience, and you know, you'd see all the, the normal faces. But when they were doing these retrospectives, it was the same people always: <laughs> Jackie Chan, Nat Chan, um, Anita Moy, quite a bit. And you know, that, that you mean kinda, in the retrospectives? Yeah, um, you, you keep, the classic you, clips. Yeah. You keep saying you keep seeing the same people over and over and over. Um, And they're still around today, a lot of them, still going up there on the stage. Um, And it just kind of highlighted to me how very small the industry is. Um, But
3: but also how it's not progressing, because you don't have new versions of Lawrence Chang, new versions of Carol Chang, new versions of of Nat Nat Chan or Jackie Chan going up there to do this. Well, you know what I mean? Not not in terms of quality. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't want another Nat Chan. (laughs) <laughs> there, there, there aren't another, or or another Eric Tang necessarily, but you don't have those personalities coming up there giving it all for the the industry, in every way, shape, or form. TV, way, shape, and form. TV, movies, um, the award ceremonies. You know, Eric Tang has his like fingers in everything. Yeah. And but there's no one like him now who's doing all those things. And probably his son now, Derek Tang, probably feels it's beneath him at this moment. Like I, don't know, I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to do all this, but he could. He could put put himself in all these places too, but. And it seems like no one's willing to do that anymore or wants to. The love isn't there
2: or, you know, that. Or no is able to, to, actually. Because, I mean, Eric Zhang, he, he, he became... He took the behind-the-scenes step really early in his career, like, I think, in the 80s, even, I mean, when he started directing movies. But now you have these young stars who are controlled by talent agencies, and it's just hard for them to expand into anything other than uh, front-of-camera talent.
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. But uh,
3: it could also be that no one, no one is willing to do it or no one has the attention span or the... Uh, the drive or the ambition um, and, and I think more even, to the point know, is
1: that the like you said the guys who are there aren't stepping aside to make room mm-hmm. you know uh, you know I turn on the TV and I see uh, Carol Chang hosting everything uh, that that's around to be hosted the same for Eric Zhang I mean it's it's like if they don't make way until they're ready to sort of step aside and retire at least out of the the hosting limelight and, and just stay in production and um, you know, there's no room for other people to come up.
2: Well, let's get it's back true. to the,
1: to the to the film,
2: the Gallons a little bit. Um, I guess it kind of goes back to these the old generation. Do do you think the award for Gallons were actually given partly because for the nostalgia, the 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 thing about you know the old and the new, just what it stands for, more than the film itself? Because somehow that's kind of how I read read this award. I think.
1: You know, I, it could be any number of reasons. I think that you know it for i would say it had to do with a lot of who was involved you know uh, some of some of the classical actors you know people who'd never really been recognized you know even even having you know small parts in the film who've just been in the industry forever um you know the stunt people and and everything that was kind of going into that um but i, I so part of me feels like what what Ross was saying you know that there wasn't really any clear um, clear victor this year in terms of you know just being heads above the rest in terms of quality overall. So maybe you know that's why fingers pointed to Gallons. And don't get me wrong, I was surprised and extremely pleased um, that it won.
3: Me too. Uh, I'm really happy that it won. Also, uh, you know, actually, ironically, you know, I, I probably didn't. I didn't even vote for it for Best Picture yeah. when we did our own awards. Um, but you know, it is the film. It's a film that. I don't think anyone can really say anything bad about, you know, it's, it's got, it's, it's really a sweet movie and very uncynical, yeah. uh, you know, but not in, in a very egregious manner. It just bothers people like, Oh God, this film is just like laying on thick. It doesn't do any of those things. Uh, it doesn't take itself back seriously, but it's still got a slightly serious edge. And, you know, the performances are really fun and there's not much you can say bad about the film at all. It's got flaws. It's really, you know, has issues, but you know, it's, it's not, uh, Nothing it points to like, oh, you know, you really wish they had done it better because you think about what they worked with and you're just so full of charity for the film, and more than charity. I would say affection. Charity is really the wrong word. Yeah. It's not looking down on the film. It's it's that, you know, people I think, you know, it's a film that engenders affection. You like you like you really like this film. Yeah. And uh, I, think, I think it just won out in the end. And, you know, giving it again to an hip man. The last time it felt wrong, you know? And people actually kind of said, nah, I don't know if it was such a hot idea afterwards. Do so you think they were really going to repeat themselves? I don't think so. Yeah. And uh, and Troy Hark, you know, true. He was sign that maybe uh, Detective D was going to be the big winner. But his win was, to me, almost like, thank you for making a good film again.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's what it felt like to me. It was, it was a relative term for best director. A very relative thing.
3: Yeah. It, it was almost like rewarding him for, like, you know finding his way again. But, you know, I mean, you, were you going to give it to Derek Walk and Clement Chang? That's tough. I mean, uh, yeah.
1: and they're still so young. There's they're still very much uh, this sense of um, seniority, I think, you know, where it's... Yeah, you got to pay your dues. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's fine. I mean, uh, you know, again, I think that, that, you know, the guys have enough talent between the two of them to keep doing films if they want to. And, you know, they've got the talent to pull it off um, no, but, and, know, and get that. But they're probably going to have to pay their dues, like you said.
3: I was going to say, though, uh, given Frozen, do they have the talent separately?
1: <laughs> well, everybody makes bad films. A miracle round. Yeah, but... yeah. <laughs> um,
3: well, actually, you know, uh, Clement, you know, I've talked to him about this. And he's honestly said, yeah, I'll make crap one day. I, I feel I'm fully aware of it. And I'm prepared for it. <laughs> So, you know, he knows he's going to make crap one day because he has to, he's, comp- he's compromised too. Uh, it, it's 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 going to happen. So, you know, one hopes that, you know, these people get enough chances that they can just make crap so they can make good stuff on the side. But nowadays, it's like, you know, not people don't make enough films yeah. unless you're Johnny Yen.
1: All right, well, speaking of uh, awards, uh, why don't we talk a little bit about the Love Hong Kong Film Awards, which you also... Uh, helped facilitate and run and recently re- re- released the results on um, some, you know, s- some similarities with the Hong Kong Film Awards and some stark differences. Um, I think one of the biggest, as I look at the list, is obviously the um, the Best uh, Actress and Best Supporting Actress uh, winners. Um, mm. And maybe you can talk a little bit about that, Ross.
3: Um well, for us, our best supporting actress is Hong Kong Film Awards best actress, who was uh Karina Lau. Uh best supporting actress, yeah, was Susan Shaw at uh the Hong Kong Film Awards. And actually she was nominated also in our category. It's just that Karina Lau is clearly to me a supporting actress in Detective D. She's yeah. not a lead.
1: Why why do you think um, she was in the lead category? Did it does it go back to this issue of um you know, seniority?
3: maybe it's hard to really you know it's hard to pin down i mean who knows how these things work uh you know a lot of people confuse that about uh you know like like the hong kong film critics Society doesn't even give away a supporting actor nominee they just give a best actor and the best actress and that's the end of it doesn't matter if it's a supporting or a a a leading role they don't even make the distinction and it's always a point of contention every year at the oscars so it, it's just one of those things i think hmm? Was and, and
1: but, so for the best actor, um, Wen Zhang from Ocean Heaven, ended up getting the award. Um, was Ocean Heaven even in the running in the, in the Hong Kong Film Awards?
2: It's possible that it was not. It's, it's probably not it because Wan uh, neither I think Jet Li neither or Jet Li are Hong Kong citizens, or Hong Kong permanent citizens. So which is why they weren't. I think you have to be a Hong Kong permanent citizen uh, resident to uh, to qualify for the awards. So, it's always no, really no, I don't think
3: so actually, because Jet Li Jet Li won before for warlords. Huh. Um, it, what it is is the film. If the film was disqualified from contention, uh, then you're just out. you know, I mean, no matter, no matter who worked on it, it can't get nominated. Uh, it could just be that film didn't have enough real local talent. It had like, you know, Edko behind it, but um, how many real Hong Kongers, the director is not Hong Kong? Um, Jet Li career is career associated with Hong Kong, but he's not really a Hong Konger uh in fact yeah there's no real hong kong actor or actress in the film
0: mm-hmm.
3: um so some crew people did do it uh william chang he worked on it but probably not enough you know there's a formula to how it works how some people can qualify and some can't and you know it's it's weird you know why once something is qualified and why some things don't like banquet qualified but house of flying daggers doesn't um yeah, world without thieves doesn't mm-hmm. you know i mean so so you know Temptress Moon does so I, I can't explain it unless I, I see the exact you know uh, checklist or something but for us you know we have very simple rules and our rules are just uh, you know if, if a film we feel uh, you know has Hong Kong money behind it has enough actors working in it that are associated with Hong Kong film not necessarily a Hong Kong citizen so Jet Li to us to me anyway is really associated with Hong Kong film I don't care if he is a mainlander yeah uh, Christopher Doyle uh, was the DP, and uh, I really associated him with Hong Kong film, even though he's Australian. Uh, so it's just, you know, we, we just felt it could qualify, and we gave it some awards. It's very simple. Uh, one song did a great job, and he won an award, A Man on the Mainland, I think. Um, actually, Best Actor was a really weird one anyway, because Nicholas Say won for Best Actor at the Hong Kong Film Awards, and he didn't even make a nomination on ours. Hmm. Actually, I personally, I thought that... Uh, and Nick Chung was, was stronger. But that's just me.
2: Yeah. I think many of us felt that way. But I, I think it was just another case. Of, for the Hong Kong Film Awards, it was another case of, oh, okay, it's time for Nick to get his due. 12 years in the business, blah, blah, blah. That, I think it it's always yeah. goes back to that. You and, know, and I mean,
1: um, Nick Chung recently won, so... Yeah, yeah. Is that, you know? Nick
3: say also recently won. Though he won last year for supporting.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, uh, I think there's maybe, a little bit of... Uh, some people... Uh, at least on the web, they, they talk about whether Teddy Robin should have been best actor. Because, uh, I mean, our awards, Love uh, Love of the Awards, we gave him Best Supporting Actor, and Hong Kong Phil Awards also gave him Best Supporting Actor. But I think there's kind of a popular opinion out there that he should have been Best Actor.
1: Yeah, Well, I mean, if they're going to qualify Karina and her screen time as an actress, I think you could make the same argument for Teddy Robin. Oh, no, because they, they, she,
2: Karina, I think she's Best Actress because she is really the main, the, the more, I guess, um, the main protagonist of the film, as opposed to Li Bing Bing. Li Bing Bing had more screen time, but I think Karina's role is more important in the film than Li Bing Bing's uh, role. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, I you mean, could, you could
1: argue, argue that Teddy Robin's role is, you know, of central importance to the the story of Gallant's, right? I mean, it's
3: true. But it's, But it's really how you define what a lead is. Because some people would say that Teddy Robin is not a lead because it's not his story. It's actually the story of, of uh, Bruce Lung and, uh, and uh, Chan Kuntai. It's mm-hmm. their story. So really, they're the protagonists. In that way, you could also argue that, yes, the person, person that changes in the person who you know the story is really about is the empress mm-hmm. in... Uh, in Detective D. But mm. by that token, then that means Andy Lau is a supporting actor because he doesn't change at all <laughs> <laughs> in Detective D. And, you know, Andy Lau is not a supporting actor in Detective D. So, you know, it, this, this whole thing, it doesn't really work. This whole line of thinking doesn't work. And some some ways, it's just politics. I, mean, I don't know, you know, in the Oscars, it's really about pushing. People, mm. you know, they, they always push early, like, you know, you know, we're pushing you for best actor, we're pushing you for best supporting actor. And, you know, in the end, that just becomes a defining thing to people. Yeah. Who's to say that that's not the case here? I mean, I don't know if there's any lobbying or people submit themselves. I'm not familiar with the uh, with the voting process at all. Yeah.
1: Well. So. And and I think, based on his reaction, um, Teddy Robin was a lot happier, you know, getting the second award for the, the music the, award, the yeah. music than he was for the supporting actor award. I mean, I'm sure he was happy to get yeah, both, he's... but he, you could tell he was thrilled when he got uh, the score award
3: he's done music for so many years and that's really the, his thing before yeah. acting or producing or directing. So, you know, um, and he's never won a, for, for music before. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm sure on a personal level, it's not to the rest of us necessarily, especially people who just watch films. Um, they don't really realize how much, you know, sweat and blood, yeah. you know, years he's put into music. So, uh, on a personal level, he probably was way more gratified to get that one.
1: On, uh, let me jump back to the, uh, love Hong Kong Film Awards. Um, one of your awards under the All the Rest category, and if you if you are interested in Hong Kong she- film at all, you should go over and take a look because there are quite a number of uh, under the All the Rest category, and they're, they're, they're quite funny, some of them. But most underrated film, Once a Gangster, actually got some love at the film awards, much to my surprise. I was quite pleased with uh, the fact that it got some recognition. For, uh, yes, Best New Director, Felix Chong.
2: Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I think it, I think it was more for Felix Chong than the actual film, um, or for you know more about how do I say? It? So again, it's more about getting his turn. Um, it's more about because there's the most high-profile filmmaker thing in the three, and he made the most I guess high-profile film. Um, because I I thought I thought that Freddie Wong as a director did the best job of the three. I mean, forget Ivy Ho. I mean, Ivy Ho if she didn't win for Clash she's not going for Crossing Hennessy. Um... Yeah, I thought Felix Chong was kind of a weak, was kind of weakest director on, on uh, Once a Gangster. Yeah,
3: actually, I feel that way too.
2: You know, but you, know, you could politicize it, but
3: th- if you politicize it, then you, you lose that. Uh... I mean, you know, one thing that is sad about Ivy Ho not winning, you know, is that she can't win again now because you can only be nominated twice for Best New Director.
0: Mm-hmm. So so she's done. Mm-hmm.
3: She can never win it. Like Derek Kwok won on his second turn for The Moss. The Moss is, to me, inferior to uh, Pie Dog. You know, Felix Chong has done a lot, you know, a lot of uh, screenplays, but he's won many awards before for screenplays. And so has Ivy Ho, So, you know, maybe it's just a case where this it's a nice it's nice this year because this year's Hong Kong Film Awards really had a nice wide open feel. Yeah.
0: Um, mm-hmm. and, it was yeah, that, so that, hard that, to that,
3: call. It. Yeah, it's, it's really gratifying when that happens, in my opinion. It's just much better than a year where something comes in as the clear winner. Uh, you know, that's one reason I don't like the Oscars. Maybe I, this happens for Asian Film Awards, but I can't tell because I'm not reading the papers. But you know, I really can't stand the Oscars on, on the final when they happen. They're just so damn predictable because mm-hmm. everyone has like analyzed it to death, and it's like you know they they have weekly picks by the same people updating their uh, picks. Yeah. It's like by, by the time it's all over, you know, you you know who's going to win because there's there's no
1: there's no option left. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: so you know, yeah, it's nice to see this.
1: So, just just a a quick a couple quick thoughts on uh, the ones that didn't get recognized at all: uh, Reign of Assassins and uh, Crossing Hennessy. I mean, we've talked about both of those before on uh, the show. I kind of, I was thinking that uh, the Reign of Assassins song was going to be the winner because, you know, it's got, um, uh, what's her name, Uh, uh, Sa Ding Ding, Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, somewhat renowned singer. Um, I was kind of surprised when when, uh, it didn't get that award. And then it ended up getting none. And Also, Crossing Hennessy didn't get any either, if I remember correctly.
2: Well, I was I was surprised that Crossing Hennessy got this much love in the nomination process in the first place. Uh, but for music, uh, I think Jun kun again, um, I mean, this year it seems like it's all about waiting for a turn. Jun kun has been struggling in the music business for years, like literally a decade, uh, kind of um, away from the mainstream. He wanted to break into the mainstream early in his career and and didn't make it. And he's always kind of just played the uh, musician level. Um, and for him to... I think mean, this is his first nomination uh, for music. And, you know, it's a fine song. And I think the fact that Junkun kun has been in this, uh, in, this, in this for so long that, you know, it's time that he got his recognition as a musician.
1: Hmm. And, you know, I, I gotta say, I love Tommy Y. I've got a couple of his soundtrack CDs, but what is up with his hair? <laughs> I mean, that was just kind of Wow. <laughs>
3: it's where it's where he gets his inspiration.
1: It's like Donald Trump you know on steroids. You know, it's like somebody took Donald Trump's hair and it's like, orange. Yeah, it, it was and just It's orange. Crazy, crazy. Um all right, I uh, think about you, go about,
3: ahead uh, what well, you I was going to say well, about uh, Reign Ring of Assassins in general. Um actually I thought it was a very I thought it was actually a very strong film last year. And mm-hmm. and I actually would have expected at some point to do better than Detective T. It, it's just because To me, it was a more consistent film Mm. um, for what it was trying to do. It it wasn't given to the weird wackiness of uh, Detective D. And, you know, people, uh, it seems like that's the direction people go with awards. It started rewarding that type of consistency or quality of production. It seems to be the case to me anyway, the last, you know, five, six, seven years of Hong Kong cinema. So it was uh, surprising to me that it received no love. It could be also that it was directed by uh, uh, Su Xiaoping, who's, Mm. you know, a, a fine director. But he's not Ang Lee, yeah. so you know, well, to you me, just, Rain- you're just gonna kind of. Oh, go, go ahead.
2: Finish. Finish your thought. No, no, no. no. Oh, no <laughs> oh, to to me, okay. I was just saying that I was. I think that Rain of Assassin is one of those middle of the road films. It's not the worst film nominated, but it's not the the best either. So I, I, I it's just one of those glad to be there kind of things for me.
1: Yeah, it didn't. It didn't stand out in my mind as superior to D in terms of visuals. You know, the visual effects. Um, and at the same time, I don't think that, you know, it had good choreography, but, you know, it, it just didn't compare to what, you know, that fight with between Samo and uh, Donnie Yen and Ip Man 2. I mean, that still plays through my mind. I can barely remember some of the sword play in, uh, Reign of Assassins. It just didn't have that kind of, you know, staying power for me.
3: I think Kevin kind of nailed it a bit when he said that it was kind of a middle of the road pick. Yeah. And that's kind of why I thought it would do better. Um, I think for many people watching, it, it is a middle-of-the-road pick. And, you know, middle-of-the-road is usually quite popular around uh, a worse time. At the same time, actually, I, I really did like the film quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I'll rank it way up there. Um, it was in my top two, to be honest. Uh, I, I just had a lot of fun with it, you know, but I, maybe I liked it for other reasons. I liked how it kind of twisted all genres around and kind of made them accessible again. Uh, I don't think, like, Crouching Tiger did that, really. Mm-hmm. Crouching Tiger really made it overly elegant, whereas Reign of Assassins kind of pulled that back a bit. Uh, it had some humor, um, It had really good side characters. So actually, you know, I I'm, I'm a little disappointed that Reign of Assassins didn't get something.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But yeah, actually, one thing I'm, I'm I'm not unhappy about is that John Wu got no credit because you know he really stole it from uh, Su early.
1: Hmm. <laughs> and we, we we talked about this kind of early on, but um, best new artist. Uh, Jintan, yeah, kind of, kind of, yeah,
2: not Dennis Toe,
1: yeah. Um, who I mean, I Dennis Toe was my pick for sure, um, given what he had done uh, in the year in both uh, Iman and um, uh, The Legend is Born, and uh, you know, Arif Lee, I would have thought, you know, could have pulled it off too, but
2: no, but he was last year, year, yes.
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah, I would I, yes. forgotten he won so, last year.
2: But I, I think Dennis. Uh, I mean uh, I think uh, the voters recognize how bad of an actor Dennis To was in The Legend is Born. I mean, action is not everything when it comes to, you know, best new the best new artist award. You have to react, and he just simply did not pull off the acting in, in, in The Legend is Born. And I didn't remember he was an man too until someone from someone yeah, he, uh, he, he was he me. was the clone of uh, of uh, of uh, Solar. <laughs> yeah, if you remember yeah then, then I remember but if you tell me oh Dennis Toe was in, in Man 2 you know you only remember his role but you don't remember him You know, I mean, he's not really a standout in that film either I, not to say that Han Jin Tan was, was really a standout in Bruce Lee I, I personally thought MC Jin would have been a, a better pick I guess um, but I, I personally liked Brian Pang and Phenomen, Um not because I liked the film the film was terrible um, but Brian Pang, I think he really, of these five actors, he really gave, act, he really acted, so to speak. He really did act, and he did fairly well for a new actor, in a, such a such a should, daring role. They should have just given it to the Hot Summer Days kid.
3: Uh, <laughs> I mean, actually, if he had one, I wouldn't have minded. Yeah, it was yeah. the most uh, memorable section of that film, him and Angela Baby.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So you know why not? Uh, but yeah, uh, Dennis So. And not really much of an actor. He also probably was hurt by the fact that he was nominated twice. Hmm. Uh, and, uh, and and let's let's be honest. How many people really saw *Legend of Spore*? <laughs>
1: uh, I don't know. I, I it wasn't that bad in my mind.
3: Uh. Well, bad or not, I just think no one saw it.
2: <laughs> He's very much a physical actor, but you know, he doesn't. He's to tune, fine tune his facial expressions. I mean, that's the problem. Mm. And most people pay attention to facial expressions more than. More than his his fighting, yeah. I guess. I well, he's always, got, he's, he's always
1: got he's always got those uh, when he's doing like a tiger pad commercials or something now, right? Um, all right, let's move on. We've dwelled enough on uh, both the Hong Kong Film Awards and the Love HK Film Awards. Um, again, I'll urge you guys to go over to lovehkfilm.com dot com and take a look. All right, Kevin, you had a bit of news for us about cons, is that right? Yes, the
2: Cannes Film Festival has unveiled its uh, choices. Uh, in the competition section, uh, only two films from Japan will be uh, representing Asia. You have um, Naomi Kawase's latest. Uh, Naomi Kawase last won the Grand Prix for the Morning Force. kind of an art house director from Japan. Um, Takashi Miike, um, again, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he'll be heading to Cannes for the first time, at least in the competition lineup with his second uh, period drama remake. Uh, this time it's the 3D Harakiri remake. Um, outside of the competition, you have uh, the Korean au uh Kim Ki-duk and Hong Sang-soo, the latest films. Uh, not really surprises. Um, Peter Chan's Wuxia, the one starring um, Donnie, uh, Tang Wei and Takeshi Kaneshiro, you'll get an out-of-competition screening uh, at midnight, um, which is pretty cool. Midnight, I mean, huh? Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. I think Peter Chan's first visit to Cannes, um, but out of competition. So I'm I'm sure it's not really all Peter Chan wanted. Um, I'm sure he would have wished that, he hoped that he got into the competition. So um, a fairly big uh, Asian presence this year, but sadly, mostly outside of the competition.
1: Hmm. All right. And also speaking about film festivals, the uh, 13th Far East Film Festival that's taking place in... uh, Udine will be starting on April 29th to May 7th, and Ross, you're going to be there.
3: Yeah, this yeah. will be the fourth year I've gone. So, uh,
1: so I, there's um, an article over on uh, Film Biz by Patrick Frater highlighting some of the films that will be on display, and including Aftershock, Buddha Mountain, Under the Hawthorn Tree, and from Hong Kong, they'll have Lover's Discourse, Don't Go Breaking My Heart. And uh from Taiwan Night Market Hero. Um as hmm. well as stuff from South Korea and Confessions from Japan. And forgot to mention that Confessions actually won the Hong Kong Film Award uh Asian Film, is that right, Kevin? Yeah. 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 Sorry. <laughs> and actually
3: yeah, actually the the biggest surprise is that it beat Aftershock, which probably uh, anyone up yours with, from uh, Shao Gong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyone you. with uh, you know Sorry, just uh, <laughs> a semi uh, a semi aware you know sense of, of you know <laughs> film industry politics and business would make their odds on pick because come on you know mm. that film has been talked about and it's going to win everything and China has won everything in China made so much money and you cannot dislike the film because it is doing all the right things mm. yeah ex- except for trying to sell you wine and uh, insurance. Um, <laughs>
1: Um, no. what, so Under the Hawthorne Tree is going to be playing is uh, Zo Dongyu going to be there by chance
3: actually I don't know who the guests are if Zo Dongyu is there you know uh, you know, I, I will try to get a photo with her but honestly yeah, you know, I'm sure people you. will beat me up
2: I will go um, if, if, I will go to actually if,
3: if, you know, if, if she's there I will volunteer to the festival to be her bodyguard <laughs> you know, oh you suck and just like <laughs> and beat people up and say hey look you know I know you guys are busy and can all spend time with her so you know what i'll be
1: there yeah. and i'll protect her take her out for i one will touch her <laughs> i speak Andrew, she will remain
3: a virgin me. forever <laughs> <laughs> no i'm yeah. just kidding um but uh no ser- uh, seriously actually one thing you forgot is that um uh, the lost bladesman is showing they just announced it uh, yesterday mm. it was their surprise film surprise opening film so donnie yen will show up at uh, udine not in person the film will be there so
1: he'll be there as uh Guan Yu, right?
2: In spirit. Yeah. To be there in spirit. If Donny's um, there, you know, we got to send you over there with the Mr. Twister mask and then you can run up on stage. <laughs> or we just send him. Actually, we just send him. Actually, on. I'm going to put on a fake beard and see if they think I'm Donnie. I'm just going to walk on stage.
3: <laughs> but, you know, actually, but, you know, they, they have this thing there at Udine where it's like, you know, if a filmmaker isn't present after the film shows, you know, they bring up the house lights and the filmmaker's usually sitting in the first row, in the, in the, uh, in the aisle row you know, in the guest of honor seats
0: mm-hmm.
3: and the person will you know, stand up and like, you know, wave their hands and everyone cheers and people run down to get autographs. And it's really great and gratifying for those filmmakers. Um, but I've always wondered if I just stand up and do that, if anyone will think that actually I was the person working on it because I'm Asian in mm. Italy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I should ask people to do that, but they probably won't. Yeah. Um, so I'll just wear a beard, a very long beard, like Guan Yu. And then after the film shows, I'll stand up and wave
1: yeah. and a
3: hat. I'll get the Yu hat.
1: Yeah, and, and bring one of the big, you know, Kwon do sword things that he uses. Right? Yeah, I'll
2: have
3: to buy it there, though, because you know they won't allow
2: that on the plane. <laughs> You'll do the beer stroke when you stand up. Yeah,
1: exactly. So,
3: if I do the beer stroke, i gonna go, oh, it's him.
1: <laughs> Lost Bladesman, why know All's Well Ends Well 2011?
3: Uh, long story short, um, it could have shown up. What's it that? It could have shown
1: up. Yeah.
3: It could have shown up. It, it, there was a slight possibility that it would have ended up there. Uh, I, I don't want to go into more because it says other things about other films and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, yeah, there, there was a possibility it might have gone. Mm. And actually, if also Ends well 2011 had shown up at Udine, provided it doesn't get like a really prime slot, like shows up at like 11 in the morning or something, I have nothing against it. I, I think uh it's a viable genre. And actually, this version of the franchise, I really think, is a good example because it's. Uh, it's got the big stars. It's got Donnie Yen doing that comedy stuff with the makeup. <laughs> I mean, you don't see this stuff, and it's just—I think people show up and go, "What the hell?" It's breaking the wow, ground, this is, right? This is bizarre and fun because you know it's—it's it's like, it's like you know the, the, those terrible attempts at comedy that Schwarzenegger and uh, and Stallone tried to pull off. They really—they really do a much better job of it in Hong Kong when yeah. they when they get them to break their, uh, you know, break the mold so to speak. You know, no. play against type. It, it, it's, he was a lot of fun, I thought.
1: That, what was the Stallone one with his mother? Um, uh, oh, Stop uh, Her My Mom Shoot. Yeah, yeah Stop Her stop My Mom Will Shoot. That's it. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. So bad. Did not but, see it. Um, <laughs> so
2: and boss, what were you uh, looking forward to watching at Une?
3: In truth, I really look forward to seeing Night Market Hero <laughs> from Taiwan. So yeah, that's the know, uh,
2: New Year film there, yes.
3: Is a big Lunar New York film. I just want to see what's going on and, you know, what was popular because it was a big hit there.
1: Yeah, well, you've pretty much seen everything else, right? I mean, you've seen Lover's Discourse, Don't Go Breaking My Heart, um, Aftershock. Yep. Have you seen Hawthorne Tree yep. and Buddha Mountain? Yep, yep. Yep. Uh-huh. So just Lost um, Bladesman. There are
3: some films there I haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't seen that. There are a few. Hong Kong, I don't think there's anything I haven't seen that's yeah. going other than... I probably will see Don't Go Breaking My Heart again. Um, I haven't seen Welcome to Shamatown, that's showing. It's one of the opening films from China, but even that is getting a, uh, a uh, DVD release, Blu-ray release in Hong Kong, like, the same week. Mm. Uh, punished is opening there, actually. We're getting Punished. Okay. Um, the Lau uh, Wing uh Johnny Toe produced. So I, I'll see that there. And uh, Japan and Korea, there'll be some stuff, and maybe I'll see it.
0: Hey! I've always had a problem handling nudity. I I like it, mind you, but it is troubling. Anybody's, even my own. Sometimes when I'm getting undressed, I almost wish I could leave the room. You know what I mean?
1: Yes, I do. I am not a big fan of Category 3 films, Um, so I kind of approach this with a bit of trepidation. Um, I think Category 3 films are okay, when the focus of the film is something other than sex right but sex and zen is all about the sex primarily um and that's pretty much going to take up the entire about
3: the zen that's for sure (laughs) yeah that that was my
1: question where you know where where is all the zen at in this film um and it really didn't have any of that but before we get into that let me let you guys talk a little bit about kevin why don't you start off and you know give us what you can in terms of a synopsis and and some of your thoughts on it.
2: Okay. Um, I'll try to muster uh, and try and think of the, the, the closest thing that is to a story in this film. Uh, Sex and Zen 3D, um, it's about an upright scholar uh, played by uh, Hiro Hayama, the Japanese um, but Cantonese speaking actor who, uh, at the beginning of the film, steals his best friend's girl, uh, played by uh, Nani Nan Lan, uh, <laughs> a Taiwanese actress. Um, and they get married, but they have uh, problems in bed, of course. Um, apparently, uh, he doesn't really have uh, much of a stamina. So um, during, uh, I guess, a trip with his best friend to to bust an evil lord of some kind, uh, played by Tony Ho, um, he actually becomes uh, his, his right-hand man, sort of, so to speak. And uh, as a reward... Uh, the the evil lord teaches him the great ways of sex through his um not personally not personally yeah, not personally thank God not personally. Uh, with that his... movie's called Amphetamine. <laughs> 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 also, permit residence. Um, actually, yes. that's a fitting title. permit residence. It's done in three
1: D, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah.
2: yeah. So apparently, in this in this mysterious cave, um, the upright scholar learns the pleasure of sex, uh, through these two girls or these various girls who happen to look like Japanese porn actresses. Um, but of course, when you work on an evil Lord, uh, there are price, there is a price to pay and a price is paid. That's pretty much the story of the film. Um, first of all, I mean, there's lots of sex. Yes, there's lots of sex. Again, really the pleasure of sex and everything like that. There's no Zen. Sorry. There is a there's a monk. There is a Buddhist monk in the story, but uh, I don't remember much about it. There's nothing in the film uh, approximating Zen, you know? Except yeah. for the, maybe the, the, the value. It's chanting uh, at that really wrong moment. That's not really so Buddhist, I guess, so to speak.
3: The, the first film actually does have some
2: element of that. But, you know, maybe that's the second part of our discussion, so... Okay, so th- uh, now that okay, let's let's put the story aside now because that that's pretty much all I can come up with the story. Well, actually, a, a better question is, you know, does
3: does anyone really care about the story?
2: Exactly, does anyone does you does know anyone really care about the story? Really, don't don't treat it as a real movie. I think that's a lot of problem with the the reactions to the film is that people treat it as a real movie. They expect. Uh, a story um they expect you know acting you know beyond i mean like in non-sex scenes um they expect characterizations and stuff like you know forget about it um it's, but, but a, that's
3: the problem it's this is a this is a this is a, a pure mismatch of expectations like the people who've been salivating over this film for decades for ages the ones who've breathlessly talked about it online they know what they're in for they know what they want they know what to expect story mm-hmm. is not one of those things that matter to them but you know this film has courted uh mainstream audiences through its press push through its uh coverage and and everyone's like wow i gotta talk i'm talking about this film i gotta see it and you know and uh they all went and they come up going where's the story because these are the people that usually go see movies like you know avatar and the king's speech and whatever and inception those movies have stories
2: right and, and so you know yeah yeah it, 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 is pretty, exactly. it is it does fit fairly well in the genre but it, it, I think it is tamed, it is slightly tamed for, the, at least the sex, I think is slightly tamed for the mainstream audience. The sex scenes, um, if I remember correctly, sex and chopsticks sex scenes go on fairly long, uh, especially compared to this film. This film just sort of, you get the the foreplay part, and then the rest of it is kind of skipped over. I'm not sure if you guys saw that, uh, I'm the only one. I thought the sex scenes uh, ran kind of short. Especially I'm sorry, I
3: was closing content. my eyes during those scenes. Uh, I was closing yeah, I, I was not paying attention. I was uh I I am not allowed to. No. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, they yeah, they they they, they stopped short. Uh, they, they they ended prematurely. All yeah. all those
2: things. They blew their load, so to speak. <laughs> well actually no, actually. I had to, actually, say, it. I had to say it. The, the film it. did not blow its load. I think you it know? did in the first half of the film. In the first half of the film it kinda of blew its Agreed. load with the sex comedy stuff. Uh, the st- I think the first half of the film was great. There's a lot of the the, um, the humor, the lowbrow humor. You got the foul, the Cantonese foul language, uh, uh, and then you got the really silly uh, um, uh, certain transplant stuff going on. Um, and then the second half of the film, you get into the really gross out, the torture stuff, which is um, we had discussion about this at somewhere that does not work um, <laughs> about about the film, about the torture stuff in the second half of the film, and that's kind of more in line with, I guess, the mid-'90s, the Wang Jing category-free stuff. Um, well, even the modern stuff. There's well, the a lot of torture and violence stuff in there.
3: Well, here's the thing. The original Sex and Zen, if, if anyone has seen it, um, they'll know that, uh, well, I mean, besides the fact that, yes, it was a hit, major hit back then, it was a film that uh, really crossed over to mainstream audiences. Mainstream audiences did go and check it out because they heard, wow, gotta see this this crazy sex movie and you know they got what they paid for it was a crazy sex movie and it did not have uh really foul content like uh really um like like gore and rape there was kind there was a rape in the original but it was still done with a humorous edge and it, it doesn't really end as a rape if you get my meaning um, it was kind of an assault, but you know, it, it doesn't come off that way in the film. And they kind
1: of, they kind of did that here too in in yeah, one of yes, the interactions. The scene but was then very much the same. They went back. They they went they went beyond it later. So yes, um, and
3: they got into really um, really ugly stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, as, the, as
2: much as we talk about you know no story or or does anyone care about the story? That is, I think the, the shift from the light comedy to the dark stuff is kind of an attempt to create a storytelling. You know, you have the the light stuff, the the rise of this hero, so to speak. Oh my god, there's puns everywhere, uh, and then and then his <laughs> and then the fall into violence, and then you're getting the the audience to emotionally invest in these characters, have them go through the pit and then and then you know so you feel for them i think even that way the violence you can somewhat justify as a way to to create sympathy for the for the characters
3: well uh, it, it's done to create sympathy for them. But it's also done to uh get a rise out of the uh the the torture porn uh, audience mm-hmm. um it's true that like this is the complaint about uh, sex and chopsticks you know this conversation is really all over the place but might as well just go with it um uh, the original the *Sex and Chopsticks* number one was kind of funny and, uh, you know, uh, ribald and uh, all those things. And the second one just dug into this really kind of, you know, sex as violence and violence through sex. You know, that's the thing that turned off a lot of people I know who watched the original *Sex and Chopsticks*, who kind of liked the fun tone. And the second one just gets really gross and violent and uh, taste and, and this, you just feel very dirty because it's it's not fun you lose, you lose that sense of uh, campiness that made it uh, a kind of a fun, dirty time of the movies. Now it's just a dirty time of the movies. And, uh, that's, that's what sex and chopsticks did first one and two. And that's what three sex and Zen does in its two hours. Um, the original sex and Zen again, uh, was uh, campy and sexy and, you know, had a lot of laughs with its sex scenes and, uh, the over the top stuff and even like animal, uh, member transplants onto humans. And, uh, but it never, you know, there's S&M towards the end, but it never gets into really, uh, really, um, you know, stomach churning violence uh, towards, you know, or sexual violence. That, that stuff doesn't really happen in the first one. It does start occurring in the second and third ones. This is true. Um, Sex and Zen. But those were produced by Wang Jing. And uh, he didn't had nothing to do with the first one. And Chinese Torture Chamber Story, also produced by Wang Jing, is really like probably the big uh, erotic film that does move into that violent uh, category, that this film approaches. Yeah. And,
1: but
3: and, you and know, it, torture the, chamber story.
1: Hmm? Yeah, that gave me the sense oh. that this was trying to encapsulate all of that in in mm-hmm. this one film. You know, it wasn't content to simply try and uh, be a remake of the original or do something new with you know the technology and and do sort of an original redo of the the, the classic text or anything it seemed like they said well this was done in the first movie and then this was (laughs) done in the second movie and then this was done in chinese you know torture chamber story and we need to do all of that and more
2: yes it really is a best of the genre kind of like a compilation but
3: the thing is a lot of the scenes in this one were actually you know they're just replays of scenes in the original yeah yeah, they they really tried. To, they threw all their eggs in one basket, and you know, I think maybe as part of it is just they had to because they advertised this thing as the return of the category three film. And maybe they sat down and said, "Hey, what is the category three film that people want to see?" And it's true that people really dug Sex and Zen. That is the one that everyone remembers. That is the one that is synonymous with the genre. There is a book that has it in its title in the West, but uh, at the same time. Um, Chinese torture chamber story and that uh, kind of, uh, you know, um, exploitation violence, uh, sexual violence, that is also part of the genre. Now, maybe not as beloved here. In fact, here, I'd say in Hong Kong, that is more where you get into the fringes of the uh, genre fandom. You know, that's not the crossover stuff. Sex and Zen was a crossover, but that stuff was not a crossover. But in the West, that stuff is just as popular, if not more, than... Than just the original Sex and Zen. In fact, some people may have watched Sex and Zen, in, you know, in the West, and gone, "Hey, there's not enough violence. <laughs> oh, when, when's someone going to get raped?" <laughs> um, yeah, you know, hey, hey, you know, this stuff probably does happen yeah. over there, <laughs> you know. But so you know, they maybe they put that in there for their foreign investors. They wanted everyone to know we're making a real category three movie. We're not going to pull any punches, and uh, and you know, they knew people are going to want to see this over there.
2: Well, yeah. actually, plus the, the the censorship standards, I guess so to speak, overseas, they tend to. Let violence go through easier than sex. So if they did fill the film full of sex, it might actually run into even more problems than say the violence.
3: Also true. You're you're correct. You know, um, yeah, they they were aiming for big bucks, uh, instant distribution, like instant sales, not like down the line, like Sex and Zen got. And after that, it already achieved a reputation. They wanted pre sales, so you can sell it on violence, and everyone can handle the sex better.
1: Uh, yep. And so, Kevin, you um had a point about Tony Ho. Yeah, um well actors
2: across the board. Um I think forget Hirohayama. I mean he he did I guess had to work quite hard. A lot of the media coverage on that was, was on what him. What was
1: that thing on his chest? I oh thought, yeah, he has like a scar. I thought that on that was his fake chest. at first. I thought no, it was No, it's a real scar. Yeah. It is a
2: real scar or something. Yeah. But, I mean he's he's just, you know, like any other category free straight leading man. It's always the 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 overacting Uh, supporting actor that's always gets kind of the the spotlight and this time is Tony Ho he I think gets more screen time than Hiro Hayama actually um as the as a big villain and he's just crazy he's all over the place he's channeling Elvis Trey he's obviously not as great as Elvis Trey just because uh I guess he's not working with material that lets him do it but he he really gets it across um I knew he had it in him you know it just always seems slimy to me And and this, like, D film. He's a nice man. I'm sure he's a very nice man, especially in the grandpa glasses at the premiere. He's a very nice man, I'm sure. But you you always had that, you always see it in him when he plays villains in those 2B movies, and suddenly he lets it all out here. Again, the puns. Um,
1: I mean, speaking of Elvis, I mean, is he retired now? I mean, he's pseudo retired.
2: Yeah, yeah, from Category 3 for sure. I mean, he mostly works in the mainland now.
3: He Um, was in that
2: uh, that, uh, indie film a couple years ago, Magazine Gap Road yeah magazine gap bro. and
3: he I shows mean, up in uh another film coming up soon he's actually in a film coming up i don't remember which is it treasure in the uh jing one or is it something
2: else well it, that'd be great if he shows up in another film as far it as i know film I coming mostly, up. as far as i know he's mostly he's almost like half retired from film acting um i think that's mostly tv maybe in china it, it pays very well so i, I wouldn't be surprised um, everyone else is okay. Like I said, Hiroyama is okay. The the porn actresses did what they were supposed to do. They they showed up, took off their clothes, the sex scenes. Um, the Lan, Lenny Lan, uh, uh was quite, she had a lot to handle. She had the torture stuff to do, and she also had to perform the sex scenes. Um, I think she was capable, if not particularly great. Uh, I'm not sure if that's what everyone is, uh.
3: But, you, you know, it, this is not exactly material that everyone's going to go crazy with. The film doesn't really help them. <laughs> so it's 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 OK. I hate to I hate to dismiss it like that. But, you know, it's uh, it's it's it's, you know, build as a love story. Some people go, like, wow, it's really a love story here. But, you know, <laughs> they they sell it in like two seconds. Oh, he looks cute. She looks cute. wow, they're in love. And that's yeah. the whole damn movie. Yeah, sure. I needed a <laughs> montage
2: and they didn't give me one. They but, gave you the um, montage of the happily ever after instead. They also gave stop. me a montage of the uh, of the uh, l- lousy lousy sex
3: in the in the <laughs> thing too. Yeah. the the the, the, the,
1: th- the three second moment basically over and yes. over <laughs> again. Yeah.
3: Mr. Three yeah. Minutes, essentially. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Over, over, over. he's not even three minutes in <laughs> that film. It also, the film would have been three hours long.
2: But um, but actually, what you saw you saw the the so called un, unfinished cut, the hundred and thirty minute cut that yeah, okay, also yeah. had unfinished special effects. I mean, how much? they cut out the, those 20 is what i think 15 minutes cut out i mean where were those 15 minutes
3: you know actually I, I i recall seeing when i saw the finished print i recall like realizing stuff was missing but it's it's not missable mm. a lot of it's padding a lot of it's extra shots of the same stuff you know the the time where like uh, the, uh, there's not a spoiler the time where like the friend is riding the horse trying to mm-hmm. get to some place you know mm-hmm. i think i saw that shot three times but you know in, in the cinema at the finished one it was only once and back then it was unfinished he's riding in slow motion and it's a green screen behind him. Uh, that's what I saw. And yeah, by the way, seeing the unfinished print is like is like gold. <laughs> you know, I, I would rather have seen the unfinished print than the finished print because it is hilarious watching the unfinished print of Sexton's N3D <laughs> cuz you know, uh, I hear it other, you know, at other films when they show you unfinished prints. Sometimes they'll just have a big block where it says CGI inserted here. And they don't even tell you. They don't even show you what you're supposed to see or not see. Mm-hmm. I guess, you know, in some ways they don't want to give it away. And, you know, it's true if you watch a film with that stuff out, you probably, when you see it later, you just have a, you just have a lesser impression of the film when you see it then. If you get the idea that you're missing something spectacular, it's better to show it to you if you're a potential investor or someone who's interested in, you know, in, in, in distributing the film, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. but, uh, but this, this, this film, they, they just showed us everything. So <laughs> I got to see like people acting against nothing or reacting to nothing or holding green objects or reacting to green objects or getting hit in the face by green objects. <laughs> um, yeah, all, all spectacular. Uh, my favorite scene is like the big exterior shot of the, uh, of the cave. It's actually like the uh, palace of uh, something, Eternal Bliss or uh, some, some unimportant name. But um, <laughs> it's like a big exterior shot of like kind of a canyon and like a cliff face and like a bridge, stone bridge. And uh, in my version parking lot in 3d yes in 3d 3d parking lot uh with uh, apparently a smart car so, i think that was one of them i'm not sure mini cooper maybe and uh some pylons so people knew where not to walk because if they walked past the pylons they were standing over air um, stuff like that uh yeah you know it's it, it's great stuff to watch that or people running up and down the green stairs um yeah you'd be
2: surprised how much is cg in this film one of the biggest CG thing that people are complaining about is Vani um, Lloyd, the, the Hong Kong the only Hong Kong actress in the film. Um, some people said that her her big moment, uh, where she showed her her points, uh, might have been CGI. I mean, you saw the unfinished version. You you told me that you saw some kind of grid thing on her chest or something. No, no,
3: well, no. I I just it's just the the scene the the shot. It was a green screen in the back, and you know, I mean. At the time, I was fooled. Even when I saw it then, you mm-hmm. know, I, I thought. I mean, when in retrospect, maybe it was CG, just because you know, it was a work print and there was like some marks on the screen. But you know, that stuff is is common for an effects shot. So, mm-hmm. and the effects were behind. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to weigh in on whether it's real or not, because you know, from that scene, you know, when I saw the work print, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay.
2: Well, I think the biggest one well, of the biggest attractions here, um, in, in addition to just 3D and the sex, was. Wani Lui. So what what do you guys think about I mean, the only Hong Kong actress here um in this category 3 film and uh she's already promised that she would do more she wouldn't uh rule out doing more category 3 films in the future. I mean, what do you guys think of her here? Uh,
1: I hope I get a chance to hear her actual voice in her next feature. <laughs>
2: yes. Yeah, she uh, she plays a like a some kind of she male, like an elder she male here, so the, she, the, she's up um, that, yeah.
1: What is what is the name? The, the, the Elder game. of Eternal Bliss or something like that is her name.
2: Yes,
3: yes. Elder of Ult-
1: Elder of Ultimate Bliss. Yeah.
3: Actually, I think Ultimate Bliss may have been the cave. <laughs> but um, uh, you know, everyone talks about her being a memorable character, and she is. Um, I think uh, she does a lot with her role, but I, I have to admit that I, I call shenanigans on using her in all the press because. Mm-hmm she shows nothing compared to all the other actresses like you know the yeah, porn actresses is one thing you know if you want to see her them you can just go online and, and do a search i will spell the names later in this broadcast but um <laughs> they uh you know they they they, they, they do all that uh, but lenny lon who has not done nudity or category three films before she does a lot in this she really lets it all hang out and is involved in lots of scenes and has to do a lot more you know and um Bonnie Loy just, you know, she does one topless scene, and you know now even the net is questioning if that's real, uh, and yeah, and nothing else, and that that is, you know, it's it's disappointing, not because I had to see Bonnie Loy naked, but it's like you know this is the Hong Kong representative, and they got girls from Taiwan and Japan, and you know, and the Hong Kong one is not can't can't even show anything.
1: Yeah, this, well, this I mean, is... that that's an interesting point, but I mean, let's go back to the original with. um you know, Amy Yip, and this is something that, you know, Ken and, and uh, his partner were talking about on their show. You know, she never, that was her big thing. You know, the, 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 so what they call the Yip tease. She never showed anything either in any of her films. And uh, originally yeah, I think that was, entirely true. that was a, a, a draw, you know, that that was a very calculated thing that she did to get people to go. Cause it's like every one of her films, she'd show a little bit more side boob, a little bit more side boob, but you never actually got to see the full thing, you know um but,
3: but the thing is you know and and I, I know that occurred with her, but she actually participated in sex scenes, you know, despite covering up her nipples yeah. in all her films, yeah, you know, through uh tape or arms or uh, well
1: i mean the the blind monkeys the character um, i mean, i I don't really blame the actress here, the character she was playing. Did you want to see a sex scene?
3: Well, okay, uh, it's, it's it's not it's not it's not about what she was casting, in my opinion. Yeah. See, this, this is this is not where I'm I'm gonna say, oh, the role doesn't require that. So she was just doing what she was told. How do you know that you know she, you know that she wasn't gonna do anything but this? You yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, you can't really get, hold it against the actresses in Hong Kong because they have to deal with the media here, and you cannot hide in Hong Kong. Where, where are you gonna go, uh, uh, Yoon Long? To get away from uh, press, I mean, it's it's really this is a small place. You can't hide. Thai Choi. yeah, 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 Thai Choi. You can go there, uh, but yeah, it's you can't really blame them because you know they get so much attention, and you know your life is over if you do a category three film because you get hounded. So it's only helpful if you can escape. And Bonnie Loy can escape because hell, she probably lives in Hong Kong.
1: Well, I mean, I but I don't know if that's true anymore. Well, I mean, Jillian did a category three film, and she's doing okay now.
2: <laughs> the <weird> thing is, <laughs> now yeah, Bonnie Loy getting she, more hate she, for not she, showing she, enough.
1: Huh? Vani
2: Loi is now getting more hate in the press or in, in the, the, the the net on, on the forums that for not showing it.
3: Yeah, but see the thing is, you know, she's it's you damned if you do and damned you don't. It's just what Hong Kong is going to do. Yes, like I'm, I'd more, I'd be more likely to complain that she didn't show enough. So I'm a little annoyed because especially after like, uh, uh, what's her name, uh, Winnie Lung in uh, Sex and Chopsticks shows nothing. Mm-hmm you know, compared to all the other actresses. And at least she did a couple of sex scenes, but those are all hidden. But I mean, Bonnie it, Lloyd doesn't really go that far. I, what, um, what
1: did I watch recently? Um, the one with Ching-Mi Yao. Um, Naked Killer? No, no, no. Um, Great by an angel. No, no, no. The one where she was the Empress Dowager.
2: A lover of the last
1: Empress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, you know, she did kind of the same thing, you know. It was just uh, clever angles, clever shots, and they brought in extras, you know, to you do to admit, actual nude scenes. that's far more
3: than Bonnie Lloyd does in in sex and, sex and 3D, Sex and Zen. Don't you agree? What you uh, saw of Ching Yao in Lover of the Last Empress. No. thats far more. No. No, come on. I mean, in Lover of the Last Empress, she does goes through the whole thing where they train her in all the sexual moves, and that involves, you know, like simulated on top of other girls, even though she's not really doing anything. It's still, you know, all that, you know, all that teasing, um, oiling up herself, even though she's wearing something.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I don't it, know.
3: There's it... a lot of that that goes on. And, uh, you know, and... Uh, you know, even just the Mrs. ching me out with basically following the Amy Yip template, which is which is you know show whatever you, you can without really showing anything. But Bonnie Lee doesn't really show much, and compared to the other actresses, she really just shows nothing. Yeah, um, but it, then again, she's
1: a- she's in that role where you know they're not going to show anything, and this is this is one of the the notes you know the points that I have about these films, and where I thought it was going to be. You know, here we are in in two thousand eleven. I thought it was going to be a little bit more progressive than it actually was, because there's basically a two second shot of a male penis, right? And oh,
3: by the way, it's CGI.
1: Is it? It's not even real. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Green underwear.
3: Green underwear. When I saw the film, what's gonna be there? The like, oh, you know what's gonna be there? Because
1: you know, it went by so fast, you couldn't tell. And and that's it. I mean, anything else that that represents. You know, a penis is covered by cloth. And it's like, come on, you've got these this girls, you've got these girls doing, um, you know, uh, side angle, basically full frontal. And y- you can't show, you know, the male genitalia to go along All with it, even if it's fake rubber, you know, you know, rubber things that are somehow attached and CGI would on. It I just actually, was like
2: fake rubber genitalia. We see plenty of that. It just not happens to be not human genitals.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, I actually, but well, once I, it's I, attached to the human, it's it's not shown. You know, they they cover it with a cloth, and and they did that in the old the old one. It's like they still can't. It's still all about the female form, you know. And I I just thought it was like all right. It, it's been done. I mean come on do something be a little bit more daring with what you're gonna do
3: But yeah, the truth is the audience that sees this film does not want to see male penises <laughs>
1: <You> <laughs> That know? too,
2: and I think it's a, it's a it's one of those makeup issue is that it's It's never gonna look really real enough if they go over the over, you know, like I, mean, I don't I don't season.
1: buy that I mean look at Watchmen Watchmen category 3 had a big blue penis they also had around.
2: eighty-five million dollar budget though. Yeah, not not this. But this I'm million, saying they million. could
1: they could have just had a guy be naked. It's not that big of a deal, you know. But, but the they can't. Is they can't even person, do, You have to realize they, they can't, can't even. even Hiro Hayama
3: didn't even show his rear in
1: yeah. the
3: film. You never got a clear shot of it anywhere, you know. So you know it's 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 all in the contract. You know, the funny thing is, even though with this illustrious history of category three films and sex films, Hong Kong, yeah. It's like, actually, when it comes to stars willing to take risks or take off their clothes, it has tightened up. (laughs) sorry. Yeah, uh, it it definitely has. It has. Yes, it has grown more puritanical. A lot of it is the media, pervasiveness of the media. It's gotten worse and worse and worse. You cannot hide, and people know where to find you. And, you know, 24 hours, everyone's got a phone or whatever with a camera on it. It's just, uh, it doesn't pay, and people... You know, they'll be used to bitch about you in the gossip columns, but now they do it online. So people can create their own caddy conversations with pure, with complete anonymity. No one likes that, Yeah. you know, and it's, it's just, it's, you kind of like, this is, this is the double edge. Even though I, I kind of am saying it's sad that Vonnie Lloyd didn't do more, because at least it would have shown Hong Kong was willing to do something. Uh, you can kind of understand why she doesn't, because, you know, here, category three is not helping anyone. I mean, what Hong Kong Category 3 actress... Hong Kong hasn't had any Category 3 actresses since, like, the early millennium. Yeah. Um, uh, one, I mean, I'm talking about one like a real name. Uh, the other ones are just, like, you know, Mainland Girls, they import, or maybe a Hong Kong actress does it, and then she quickly disappears to another country where no one sees her.
1: Yeah, well, even, even um, what was it, Um, last year, uh, Girls, the girl who basically did all the nude scenes was an import, right? Taiwan, yes. Yeah,
3: Taiwan, yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a, a lot of it is, I hate to say it, the Hong Kong audience's fault and the Hong Kong media's fault, you know. It, it's like in Korea, Korea, you know, actresses, big name actresses, are willing to do nudity. It's because you know, even though they also are subjected to the same, uh, the same, you know, gossip, the same stuff, it's not as vicious as it here is here, I think. Here, it's really vicious the yeah. way the the press does things, you know. They well, again, it's a, it's, it's a, a, it's a tiny blue.
1: market, um, and it even if you just look at like regular the, the nudity that used to occur in regular films. I mean, not category three films. They, they, you know, I, I can remember seeing two B films that would have, you know, breasts or something pop up every now and then.
3: You, you still get them occasionally.
1: It's, it's it doesn't seem like that anymore. It seems like it's it, it's gotten a whole lot more conservative, like like you said. Um, and I guess yeah, it's if you're an actress today, you don't want to do that because like you said, they're they're just gonna it's gonna define your career.
3: Well, well let's look at it let's look at it in like I mean like some modern examples. Everyone's freaking out about Chrissy Chow and all she does is wear bikinis in movies occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know and, and it's pillows. like it, Yeah. <laughs> and uh and yeah and um back in the old days like you know um actresses who had real names were wearing bikinis in films. You know cherry chung and uh yeah and uh, you know i mean yeah they, they, these aren't small actresses nowadays it'd be the equivalent of like you know uh i don't know um Karina and like cecilia chung appearing in movies wearing bikinis yeah. um, which it doesn't it's not going to happen
1: you're listening to the east screen west screen podcast visit congcast.com for more Like I said, like I said at the start, I I don't mind category 3 films when they don't necessarily center around sex as the main topic. Um, you know, I, I did enjoy Lover of the Last Empress. It's not a great film, but, you know, it it has that historical element to it that sort of kept me engaged with it. Um, Robotrix I think is fun and, and nonsensical. You know, it's got stupid sci-fi in it, but it's, it's not just about, you know, the the sex going on it. I mean, that's a big part of it, but there's more to it than that. I just didn't have that sense here. I mean, I know they were trying to tell this love story, but I never felt it. the the the, the main character, um, you know, he kept going on about, you know, his love for his wife, and you know he the whole thing that sets this up is the initial betrayal of his friend, you know, to to you know make this woman marry him instead of his friend, but then he ends up spending all of his time, you know, at that at that at that place um with you know at Tony Ho's uh palace in the cave yes and it's in like it doesn't it doesn't you know what they're saying doesn't gel with what he's doing right um it all just comes down to his his ego he wants to be this you know super sex machine so much so that he does go and he does get the transplant that you know is the one of the major hooks in in the previous films and uh, i'll just say something about the transplant they they do a it little, a little bit differently than the, they did in the original um, because there's some problems. And it, that's actually one of my favorite parts, because it's comic relief. It's funny. You've got Tinkai Man, who's great. Um, is sort of a crippled doctor, and he's got a crippled assistant. And it's like it takes the two of them to to do the job. And um, they start to get a little bit uh, innovative with the 3D at that point. But anyway, they're doing the transplant, and they start with the horse. And there's a problem, and the horse penis ends up like flying around. And I'm sorry... That's not a horse penis, okay? I know, I know they're taking creative creative license, but not a horse penis. Horse penis, horse peni—I guess you'd call the plural. They do not look like that. Um, why do I know that?
3: I, would know. I, like <laughs> I it.
2: wouldn't know.
1: I haven't. I wouldn't know. I didn't mind. It was my okay. parents, <laughs> my parents have a horse ranch. I grew up raising horses, birthing horses. I've seen horse sex. I've seen horses give babies. I know what they look like, you know, very much so. And they don't look like that. So. Uh, that's probably more information than you wanted to know about me and my background, but there you have it. It wasn't a horse penis. Correct. Yes, and I'm <laughs> going to trust you and that one. <laughs> the, the the guys were saying on the other podcast too that uh, I don't remember which one, if it was one or two, they said that there was a transplant thing in there, and with the character it was like with a raccoon or something, and uh, Ken or, <laughs> or or his partner said he went and he looked up, you know, the raccoon thing. You know, <laughs> and that raccoon it, it what That's they okay, used okay. was not a raccoon penis as well. So No, I doubt they actually
2: what? could get a real horse penis anyway. No, I'm not saying whoa, 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 it, it whoa. wasn't a
1: real thing. It was a CGI thing completely. But I mean, they, it was a rubber yes, thing. It,
2: was. it was totally a rubber thing, was it?
1: I it looked CGI to yeah. I me. Mean. Version
2: I saw green.
1: Yeah. Mm. Um the version I saw green. But yeah, they are just not green th- rock. Th- that sure. was very that was very much anthropomorphized. It was a human <laughs> kind of shape to it, just overly large. And they just don't look like that. Um, well,
3: it's true that farmers in the Midwest are going to be upset, going, "Hey, that's not, that's not accurate." <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I bet yeah, those see, guys in the UK hold... watching this film next month—they're like, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's just what I thought a horse
2: penis looked like." Sweet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, are we going to hold it really against hold it against these guys for not creating a accurate horse penis?
1: Well, see, that's that's and, uh, that's
2: wait, on that token. Okay, on that token, I'm just to say this: women.
3: They don't really look like that either.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, granted. Not like the ones in the film. <laughs> yeah, granted. Um, it's the 1%. And, but, I mean, this is the whole, this is the whole thing of, of the, getting back to my point. So he wants to, you know, be this super sex machine. So he's willing to go through this, you know, impossible surgery. And, and that's the key word. I mean, it's, it, even, even today, you just couldn't do it. Um, but then what if you could? I mean, what if you could do it? Would you really do that? Would you put, you know, the 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 schlong of a lesser animal and replace your own part and be willing to use that? That's just weird. I mean, I I know that's part of the book and everything. (laughs) It's just that's the world it creates. That sex really is is the everything.
2: In that world, I could I could buy it. I mean, that's and that's I guess the problem with the ending of the film. That's okay. And the whole true Uh, love thing.
1: Uh, I don't yeah, know. It's...
2: it's okay. You know,
3: I, I, I don't, I don't buy anyone who, you know, I mean, I've read a couple of reviews of this. I, one, one review said that, yeah, um, you know, it's just really trying to preach a, a real sweet message, which is, you know, I'm sure just like, it sounds like the script notes.
0: You know? <laughs> it's a story that
3: treats that like a, you know, that gives you a real sweet message about real love and understanding. And you know, that, th- that's in the notes from the producer. Going, yes, yeah. Yeah.
1: And that, that's the thing. I didn't get any sense of that. They, they, they tried to give me that by the ending and I just, I, I didn't buy it at all. I mean, it's like, you know, judging by what people are saying in the film and what they're doing, they didn't match up. And, and they do build to kind of this ending that I will say for me was kind of a letdown because you've got um, certain characters doing all this bad stuff. And I, you know, expect karma to come around. We're talking about Buddhism. We're talking about things like Zen. You know, I expect but that happens car- in the actual
3: original. That happens in the original. Yeah. And,
1: and but it but here I does. just felt really let down with the the way things end up. And I don't want to say too much more about it. But um Yeah, it does um, kind of
2: end a little sloppy. I mean even though it was running almost two hours, two full hours, it really is it does end a little kinda of, kinda of sloppy. You know, I hate to say it, some guys some guys do like it sloppy. So
1: it's okay. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, <laughs> oh God. That was terrible. yeah, especially after you
3: know, some some beers and I, you
1: know. I don't wanna be totally down on the film. I mean, it does really have some fun moments. The the scene with the sequence with the Elder of Bliss and the Wagon Wheel, I mean yeah, don't oh, try don't food. try it at home. But I was I was. You can try it at home. I was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> try I, it at home. I, I like to
3: see what
2: happens. I like to talk about me trying it or not. Put it on YouTube. <laughs> put it on YouTube. <laughs> uh, you know. I, I don't have a wagon Sorry, wheel at home, please. but I tried it with something else. Yeah, yeah. didn't rework
1: really out. Um, go, go, go ahead. But go the three D the three D. Let's let's take a moment and talk. We've talked about the narrative enough, I think. Um,
3: well, uh, just you know, well just, just to put take my take on the narrative, you yeah. know. Uh, Given all the category three films I've seen and, you know, Sex and Zen really is the pinnacle of it. I enjoyed two in some ways a little more than one, just because I, I I kind of like the grossness of it. It it goes in the direction I'm okay with, not Mm -hmm. like this one. Um, But um, it, it, it did what I thought it would, you know, it it is what I thought it was, you know, it is a movie that I thought they were going to make. So, so in that, in that, since I'm not disappointed by what it was. It could have been a lot better if they had been more creative. It didn't do anything that really shocked me or surprised me. First Sex and Sin does things that surprises you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that will surprise you. Or like, oh, wow, <laughs> Ooh, I'm having fun, even though I shouldn't. Um, this movie does not do those things. So, yeah, I, I, I will I will weigh, with, weigh in with you and just say that, yes, it was a bit disappointing in that way. But at the same time, it did what I thought it would do. So I wouldn't have a problem recommending it to certain people out there who want to see it um you know based on you know their experience with the genre or what they like
1: yeah i i um, I, mean, I, I think I that, that. That, that that's a key point experience with the genre i couldn't see myself recommending this as an entry level film i i would i'd, I'd, no, I'd, I'd say go back and see the original um, long before i'd recommend this one
2: yeah but i, I, I see think... the original if you get to see others yeah i i think it does satisfy on what is supposed to do i mean again narrative narrative wise maybe it's a little unsatisfying as a real real narrative but i think in a sense it's kind of a compilation of what one would expect from a film like this um i think it's satisfying and i actually i had a lot of fun with it maybe even more so than than sounds like more more fun than you guys did yeah well you remember i've seen it twice so
1: (laughs) yeah um i but to, to talk a little bit about the 3d um Again, I was, I, and I said this before, I was really expecting them to be a bit more daring, a bit more innovative with it. And I don't see this film, I, I just don't see it doing well necessarily as a video release. I mean, the 3D doesn't seem like it's going to be a selling point. It's not going to, it's not a film like Avatar that you're going to want to run out and, and buy a new 3D setup just to have a <laughs> 3D version of no. it, you know. Um, and then just having a normal version, is it going to look kind of weird? Um, because you've got, well, you know, flying pin-eye coming out at you and things like that. But um, actually, you
3: know, the, the, that example is just, like, is it's really misleading because it barely happens in the film. Yeah. You know, only only once is anything, even approximating that happened in the film. Yeah. The rest of it is just all your standard stuff. Hands, flying uh, uh, daggers, splashing water, yeah. spears, splashing water, splashing blood, uh, bullet. Actually, you know, I I would, I would do the, I would term the 3d as gimmicky.
0: It is really really gimmicky.
3: Yes. Yeah. It doesn't do anything, uh, new or special with it. And, um, you know, when I, I mean, the thing is when someone first said to me 3d sex and Zen, I'm like, Whoa, what are they going to do? You know, that's, that's, that's the thought you have. And, and I don't think the film met those expectations. (laughs) It's like, I can imagine some really outlandish stuff, and I'm sure anyone else out there can. Yeah. It's like, wow, what are they going to try to pull at me? I mean, or throw at me. What are they going to throw at me? I mean, hey, just that line there. I can Just imagine what they could throw at you. <laughs> they don't throw, like, more than 10% of what you think about. Yeah. And that is, that is where the film doesn't satisfy. I mean, you know, the 3D is, is more than a gimmick. Uh, 3D should be used as more than a gimmick. If they play it to that extent or, you know... Really allowed your, uh, made it more. I dare say, interactive. Then you know, <laughs> maybe we'd be talking about the film like, "Wow, I was really impressed by the 3D." But the 3D is essentially unimaginative.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, it's more unimaginative than the rest of the film. 3D. It's it's really just used for a uh, small technological hook. It's you know, it's 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 fine. Not not most films do it only this way. I mean, I, so
2: I, I, do, I do have to say that the the 3D here is stronger than than those. Post post production converted three D films. I mean, I would say even it's better than uh, Clash of Titans three D because those films were converted later on into three D. This film was made with three D in mind, and as gimmicky as it is, you know, it it kind of does satisfy that curiosity. Of what are you gonna do with the three D? Uh, even though it doesn't do it with the gross out, it does really do really obvious things, you know, like bullets and, uh, and the and the hand and things like that. But as a gimmicky three D thing, I think it's it's satisfying enough for me.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I part of me says that you know if they would have made Dream Home in 3D, it would have been a better Category Three 3D film than this. Well, um, just
3: like I said, it's about imagination. Yeah. And actually, uh, Sex and Zen 3D, no, no, you know, it's you don't want to knock on the film that much. It, you know, it is what we think it is. It's not that imaginative in the end. Yeah. It it's a product, and uh, they put the product together, and it's it's not like a flat out disappointment. They didn't blow it it's just like oh god what the hell were they thinking they were reciting shakespeare up there <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah
3: you know if, if that happened it's like it's the best shakespeare i've ever seen but i'm angry cuz I, I should be angry cuz i want to see 3d sex and zen
2: and it's, it's all hamlet yeah it's not <laughs> not what you want okay so let's let's put the rating but, on this thing then guys um, okay i'll i'll go first i think if you if you tone down expectations and don't expect a real film expect a sex a sex Compilation album, I guess, a Calgary free compilation film. I say see it. Um, if, actually, just for the just for the big screen experience, because it's probably the only way you can watch it on three D, I would say see it. Okay, uh, Paul and yeah, Paul.
1: yeah um, you know, I, I the experiences in the theater is worth the price of admission, at least at the Dynasty. Um, I don't know if I would have been as happy paying an IMAX price. For this film mm. um but yeah i'd say you know it's definitely worth a matinee fare if you're looking for the experience and you know holding on to your ticket stub and saying yeah i saw that back in the day kind of a thing um and if you're threw mine away oh what's that
3: i threw away my ticket stub oh i better go <laughs> some have... so my kids
1: yeah the um The other aspect, though, if you're not in Hong Kong and and you're not going to be able to have a chance to see it, I'd say it's a TV, if you're somebody who is, you know, firmly invested in these kinds of films. Um, It's not something I would say you'd need to go out and buy once it hits video, because, again, I don't think it's it's definitely not got the 3D elements there to attract, uh, you know, an end market sale. I just don't think that's there.
3: what do you mean by these types of films? Do you mean 3D films, or do you mean...
1: Yeah, I mean, like, people, people, who, are, people who are... You've got different categories of people. You have people who are so high, hard into tech that anytime there's a new technology with, you know, a bit better display system, uh, you know, a, a better and, type of audio, they're out there, they're the first adopters, they're buying it, they're upgrading everything.
3: A, I don't think no worries, they're, they're going to... buy this thing anyway. <laughs> they'll buy it anyway. Trust uh, me. Trust me, they'll buy it. I worked in a video store, and people bought the worst crap. Really? You know, for, for their sound systems, you know, what the hell? Everyone bought Step Mom. <laughs> Everyone right. bought Step Mom. They have home yeah. theater systems and fifty-inch screens. They bought Step Mom with Julia Roberts and Susan Sarandon, directed by Chris Columbus.
0: Yeah.
3: Step Mom. Okay. And you're telling me that it's not for them? <laughs> They're not. They'll buy it, and you know, you, you can't talk them out of it.
2: It's too late. Yeah, I can tell you that that home theater home theater fans are not necessarily film fans if you know what i mean
1: yeah yeah
2: so they they yeah i think they would probably be some of the first people to to jump on this uh, on a 3D blu-ray
1: i think possibly but i think they'd regret it in the long run um because again just... as as a showpiece i don't think that the you know the, the the 3D that we saw now it might have been the system because the, the glasses that they gave us were like super cheap i mean we were commenting that they actually the the frame or, or the lenses felt like they were the lenses from the old, old 3D, you know, the <laughs> the, the green and the red glasses that you'd get back in the 70s and the 80s. Um, so that might have been part of the problem. And maybe if they get it on a better type of 3D system, it'll look a little bit better. But I was just not that yeah, impressed. But, well, I think and we talk we about the Dynasty,
2: the whole thing later in a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think later on when we talk about the 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 stuff around the film we can talk about a dynasty experience and a three D there I think that that might actually have something to do with how you feel about the three D part I think maybe on a decent system it
1: might have been better yeah uh, don't watch it on a dirty screen like we did. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah,
2: but, we but yeah that would be my drops, that would be my say
1: I'd say if you have a chance to see it in the cinema and you don't mind the, that it's you know basically just looking at these four models in compromising positions yeah go go and see it um, if but if you're not really into this kind of a genre As as a genre film, when it hits video, I'd say, you know, give it a pass. If you are, then it's definitely a TV. it. Ross, what would you say?
3: You don't TV it and you don't skip it. (laughs) it, Well, okay, you skip it. Sure, you can skip it. Actually, I I fully vouch for that. If, uh, you know, you're getting dragged along and you really don't want to go. If if you were curious to see it, don't go. I, I will never try to tell someone that they, oh, you're missing out. No, forget it. If you're not curious, or you know you, you just for some reason don't want to see it, don't go. If you're curious, then go. But video it, no.
1: But I mean, is this video a, it, you can see it? Is this like I would recommend the original Sex and Zen to someone who was not necessarily a category three type of person. I'd say this is still a film worth watching. You know, get you know, go past the nudity and, and the sexuality of it. It's got more merit to it. It's worth taking a look at i don't know if i do that for this film
3: well I, I would i would kind of agree with you but you know i would always tell people to see the first one uh on the recommendation also that you know it's a good entry point because you're kind of seeing the pinnacle in a way it's got a story behind it but then again you know there, there's always that double side to it yeah. that the irony of saying oh this is an anti-message against you know uh this is this this isn't we're saying things against uh against this type of uh you know um Uh, sleazy behavior and meanwhile we're showing you know women playing with a
0: flute Uh, yeah
3: you know you see come on um they saying yes it's good to be live a virtuous life meanwhile here's a naked woman um whipping herself yeah you see it it doesn't really fly no matter how you play it you know i mean sex and zen does it better than any film you know sex and zen doesn't do it even two doesn't even do it as well as one and i enjoy two more in some ways Mm -hmm. sex and Zen 3d doesn't do it at all It, it really just sticks to the basics it's got a story, but the story is, is really bare bones. And, you know, they never try to sell the story. They just kind of throw it out there. Like I said, it's like script notes. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they're never, you know, it's, it's got all the points. A, B, C, D. Oh, there's a reason for this, reason for this. Oh, they do love each other. You know, they, they, don't, they don't sell it properly and they don't really need to. They're in it for another reason. Um, the filmmakers are in it for another reason. The audience is in it for another reason. Um, people walk out saying, I was disappointed in the story. It's like, yeah, is that why you went? Um, <laughs> You know, it's, it's the only thing you can say about it. And, you know, I didn't really go for the story, so I'm not going to say I was disappointed. I, I went for curiosity, and I, my curiosity was satisfied. Um, that's it's that's, a, that's the beauty of marketing. So if you're going to ask me, sorry, for a real recommendation, it's, uh, yeah, if you're curious, see it now. But if you're not curious, then then skip it. I'm not going to try to convince you, because i I just be wasting your time. And uh, video, that's just like, you know, if you're an archival film buff. You must have every film ever made. Yeah, you should get it. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna have you start uh, do, singing the the breaks, Kevin. I, <laughs> I, I don't need to find all these songs just, anymore.
3: Yeah, do it with a puppet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so we're back. We want to talk a little bit more about uh, Sex and Zen. We've talked about our thoughts and the synopsis. Um, film is doing amazingly well, and I guess for me, this is still proof that you know, sex sells to some extent. Our trip to the Dynasty, which is normally pretty much an empty house when we watch normal films there, was fairly well packed. Um, it wasn't a sellout audience, but norm- I've never seen it so full in any of the films that I've seen there over the years. Um, so I was quite surprised. I-, I didn't think it would be quite that many people watching it at the Dynasty. Um, but then again, the Dynasty does offer cheaper tickets, and uh, if that's the way you're going to see a film like that, I guess that's a ideal way to, to take it in. But the films had a very strong opening. People are comparing it with uh, Avatar, uh, the Avatar opening uh, and uh, other big films. They've got an article over at uh, Film Biz Asia talking about the opening, um, also by Patrick Frater. And what did they do over the weekend, Kevin? If I'm looking at the figures here, um, Hong Kong, $13 million. $13 million. This is more than this is already...
2: Grossing more than uh, Don't Go Breaking My Heart did in the last four weeks. No. It Don't Go Breaking My Heart just broke the ten million mark after four weekends. Sex and Zen which is actually 3D. very good in Hong Kong. Yes, it's very good in Hong Kong. It broke this in four days. Um, this is amazing. This is not. I think this is like Transformers gross. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Um, they even though they they did say that the opening day broke Avatar's record. Actually, the um, they also said they broke Les Cautions record, which is not true because um. Let's caution had a preview day the previous day on a public holiday and that day actually it did three point one million here in Hong Kong and that was uh better than than um three seconds then. So they're kinda of twisting the, 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 the reports a little bit, but it's I'm not gonna deny that fourteen million, thirteen million Hong Kong dollars is a very, very strong opening. Yeah. And, and that's pretty amazing.
1: I mean, and even if the number is fudged somewhat, you know, even if it was Hong Kong ten million, that's still Um, way up there for just a weekend. And I I, I don't know. I mean, do you think that this is because of the skin, because of the actresses involved, because of the marketing buildup and hype, because of the the fact that it's in 3D and it's, you know, a sex and zen movie? What do you think, Ross? Why why the big turnout?
3: Well, the last factor is the actresses involved. The very (laughs) last factor.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Okay.
3: Um it is just we uh, the per- exception
2: of Vani Loy. She she is a big part of the publicity.
3: True. But if they had gotten another big breasted Hong Kong actress, uh like uh a Chrissy Chow, it would have done better business if it had been Chrissy Chow. Um yeah, if they had got if they choose just another big breasted uh, Hong Kong model uh, in in place of Vani Loy, it would have been just as well if not better. So, you know, it's she's there for a certain she's a factor, but they could have chosen any number of people to be that factor.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So um, this is just your perfect storm of, uh, of, of, you know, marketing. It, it really oh, is. Well, I mean, what it, sex
1: does sell. What was the, what was the, it wasn't, I mean, it was category three, but it's not really the same genre of film that, uh, what's her name? Christy. Uh. Christy Chung. Yeah, that she did. Uh, Samsara or something. Uh,
3: you mean um, actually, that's uh, John Dara.
1: Uh, John Dara, okay, that's the one where, where yeah, she, she likes to do category. Three. She, she she went naked in that, and but it wasn't a big deal from what I remember in terms of the box office, right? I mean, not actually, like this. I don't know
3: John Dara's record, but it wasn't it wasn't like this, but it did okay, considering it was a Thai film. No, yeah, no, I no, think no, no,
1: not Jandara. the 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 one she did before that. It was it was the monk one. Yeah, the monk one. Oh, but that's it, because that was an art that, film. That, that's that's Samsara I think is the name of it.
2: yeah Samsara That's different it's, because that's that's a that's an art film. I think Jandara did really well because it was not only Christy Chung doing nudity. It was also kind of one of those. Um, it is kind of like a Thai category pre film about the growing, the coming of age, and and the development of sexual drive. Of the boys is it is kind of a sex art film in a way. But even with more, a little more commercial elements than 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 *Samsara*, which is totally like a Buddhist art film with nudity. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: No, I, I, mm. But anyway, uh, back to the back Monday to the appeal S- of
2: this one. The
3: <laughs> appeal <laughs> <laughs> of this one. Um, it's all yeah, about the it, horse. It's, it's basically, it's yeah, it's basically good marketing. I mean, come on. Um, I mean, uh, sex does sell, but you have to package it properly. You can't just say sex, and then everyone will go. It doesn't work. I mean, I'm sure everyone will tell you.
0: Mm-hmm. This is,
3: how do you package it, and, and they packaged it. beautifully. I mean, they all, they brought back a brand name, Sex and Zen. They added 3D, uh, which is like a big talking point, and they got in quickly, so they were like like the first, second, the third on the block with the new – they're actually second on the block with this new wave. Mm. The first one on the block is that terrible Korean movie, Natalie. Uh-huh.
1: I like what Patrick Frader wrote in this article. He said, Shu uh, said that he expects the film to resist competition over the coming Easter weekend with the anim- with animation hop the biggest new release threat in Hong Kong. I mean, it's like two <laughs> totally different demographics, right? <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes. Maybe that's why it'll be. Actually, but you know, the people who are going to be singing it over the holiday are mainland tourists. By that time, locals. Will still be maybe they'll still be singing it out of curiosity. Well,
1: who is it? Was was it you or was it Kevin that was saying that you, you're kind of expecting expecting it won't do that well over the because you know the families will be out seeing stuff like Hop instead. No, I think it will drop
2: this weekend because of word of mouth and and May 1st hasn't kicked off yet. It will it will be the long it will be a long weekend so it will still do fairly well but I think the word of mouth will cause it to drop quite hard um, in the second weekend especially when you have I think seven or eight films opening this weekend and then next week next weekend when you have to start of golden week that's when the mainland tourists start coming into hong kong and if and if it's still in theaters i think it will start you see uh you see kind of a steadying of the box office if not a if not a spike It won't leave
3: it won't leave it won't it will, leave yeah. it has to be yes.
2: here it won't leave
3: it has to be here for all those people
2: and that's i think um. that's the smartest thing that steven sue has done steven sue Has has a major presence. I wouldn't say like you know as big as the celebrities, but he he's very active on a Sina microblog, um, in trying to sell this film and and it's quite interesting because he's not he's selling to mainlanders on the fact that it's banned in the mainland, in the fact that he's offering something that you can't see where you are. But but in that way, the film appeals to the mainland market.
3: Yeah, it's 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 it is just your perfect storm. You know, and everyone picked it up. Roger Ebert even mentioned it on his Twitter or his blog or something. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's in all the trades, Western trades. People are talking about it left and right. And, uh, you know, I, actually, I dropped by a forum somewhere where they were talking about it, and all they could do was make jokes about Asian penis size. But um <laughs> You know, it's but people are talking about. it. It's, I'm sure it's, it's a gamer forum or something. God knows. But yeah, you know, they, they just it's people talk about it. It's a talking point. And that's all you do. You just get people to talk about it. People who wouldn't normally talk about a film like this are talking about it. Yeah. You know, that yeah. was the mistake made by Natalie. No one's talking about it. <laughs> you know, but Sex and Zen 3D, people talk. And they put all the right elements in to get local audiences to talk. They put Vonnie Loy in it, who's known for being, you know, chesty, but... Has never, you know, had a real career to back it up because Hong Kong cinema is in the dumps. And if she took off all her clothes, yeah, everyone would go see it. But you know, it's nothing. You know, and, and everyone is still only like three million Hong Kong dollars worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you put a, a big production like this going, sections and the brand name, the 3D, you get a couple A.V. actresses and not bad ones, bad-looking ones. Um, you know, they also did, did resisted. They actually tried to get an actor who is, who, who hadn't done this before. I mean, like, one of the biggest problems with sticks second Chopsticks is they had that... What's his name? Um, that guy starring in it. Uh, the
2: 40-year-old guy who was pay- playing the 20-year-old, yes.
3: Yes. You know, just yeah. you know, and that guy has done a lot of Category 3 uh, stuff before. It's just, you know, your typical actor, you pick up for this stuff. Um, yeah, they were smart. They got someone who hadn't done it and was willing to talk him into it and, you know, made promises and said, you don't really have to show your ass. And, you know, and, uh, yeah, it's... And you know it's it's I'm sure it's doing good things for him, for Hiro Hayama. Um, yeah, you you know it's someone who's kind of done it before, Tony Ho. But you don't put him in the lead, you put him in the back role, in mm-hmm. and, and a supporting role. Um, he, like yeah, the Elvis Choi role. So they've they've done this really smartly. Film quality aside, it's just you know I know people who are never would be interested in seeing, who actually don't even go to the movies or, are interested in seeing it just because they're going oh should I see it really curious you know and they just want to know what people are talking about and everyone's talking about it so it's you know it succeeds here and uh they they, they drum up it was the biggest thing at film for god's sake <laughs> you know people were talking about left and right at film
1: um so if this does go on to do you know extremely well in the numbers um does that mean we can expect a sequel is this going to start a golden age for category three films and 3d here in hong kong
2: I think it's more of an exception than a rule. I think you still need to... Uh, the mainland market and the censorship is still big enough that there's no way that one genre can make uh, money out of... This kind of a once-in-a-lifetime thing, I think. That you can only catch on this hype once. I know they're working on a sequel already, but um, I think based on the reaction to this one, um, I don't think they're going to pull it off again. Um, and... I don't think a whole the, the, it will revive the genre at all because you still only Taiwan and Hong Kong so far in Asia is getting this uncut version. Korea is gonna get it cut. Singapore is cutting eighteen minutes out. You still have oh, yeah, yeah. Cars. And so,
1: <laughs> so
2: it's not it's not going to it, the,
1: the the it's, it's not, not gonna make money in Hong like Kong. Cutting eighteen minutes and not eighteen inches. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: oh, that was oh. sorry. Oh. If you cut off eighteen inches. Though, there's nothing left. <laughs>
1: I don't know that uh, Only if elder. If you're Tony elder Cole, of maybe not ultimate elder of. Elder <laughs> Sorry, of actually, ultimate I, bliss I, I dropped was...
3: out, so I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I think I don't think the the box office is still strong enough. I mean, there's a one time thing, especially on pre sales. They sold a lot, of, lot of the. They made a lot of money back on pre sales, um, and once the hype's been, once it dies down, once the final, once the final product is actually delivered, I don't think they're gonna repeat it again. I don't think it's gonna revive the genre
3: well they're gonna do a sequel
2: obviously right they will yes yeah and they the will. sequel
3: will still make some money not as much as this one but it will make some but as soon as the imitators hit it's all over
2: they will have to as make something some, do something new you're right yes
3: yeah as long as as soon as the imitators hit it's all over and you know they can forget it because they won't have uh they can still bring keep on bringing av stars but it's it's not the big gimmick the big gimmick is gonna have to be they get like a new girl who appears in it or an old girl who is like people want to see her um yeah they have to do something to get people talking
2: again
1: that's what Uh, oh no no well
2: actually for the next film they are talking about more high-profile actresses they talk about bringing in um who is a very very well that's
3: still an av actress it's not not a big deal yes but she is uh
2: say a bigger star than say the av actresses in the in the uh in this film
3: yeah but i I don't think it matters i I really (laughs) don't think so maybe in china where she has like fan base but but like, you know, I'm sorry, you got to get like Jillian Chung or something.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how do they push the envelope? Do they have like, you know, show more stuff, but then have pixelation like they do in Japanese avia av- films and then the pixelations in 3D? I mean, <laughs> uh, what, what would they do
2: to, to push the, the envelope? I mean, what, what are well, they? What that's what some they...
1: people have said. I mean, they, they're, they're, people have already talked about on, on some forums that the next thing has got to be a full on rated X film that's utilizing but that already this exists. technology
3: that, that already exists though does it yeah i mean yes. you know come on i mean yeah if, the, the 3d technology is not i mean to make 3d and then it takes time but to make a 3d porn film last weekend in the garage done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's why <laughs> you were busy it's already
3: done <laughs> uh, no, actually no i was at the movies last weekend. <laughs> not that one no but seriously um yeah it's it's easy to mm-hmm. make a 3d sex movie just hire an AV star, get a couple of guys. Actually, they, they exist already. They, they're already in Japan. You can get 3D uh, porn.
2: Mm-hmm. 3D I, AV I don't does know. exist. I, I, yeah, I, I just, I, just, I, just mm-hmm, I don't really know. Yes. <laughs>
3: yes. No, no, I, you, you can, okay? <laughs> I'll,
2: I'll let you know. Yeah, I, we're gonna, I've done searches. East
1: West screen, screen is going to send Kevin on assignment to Japan. Really? I mean, oh, really. <laughs> I know someone who will go. <laughs> not me, actually. But uh, he's got time on his hands too. But
3: um, um, but but seriously, yeah, it's it's because 3D is just a technology. I mean, once you get the cameras rolling, you don't have to worry about budget and story and a big crew. I mean, like like you know, porn porn is a cheap industry. Well, but
1: the the, the, you know, the thing with the thing with I I guess most production at that level now is that there's no I mean there's no venues for it anymore. Most porn goes directly True, up to the to the internet or maybe on you know on home d v d um so gone are the if, gone if are the do, days of the actual cinemas right I mean well, yeah,
3: but if you could do a full on three d uh, hardcore pornography film but dress it up with the right story the right production values like they did in the sixties uh, and seventies in america uh you could technically break through a grin, mm-hmm. but who's going to show it? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, actually, Hong Kong may be willing to show it because I don't think Hong Kong has those issues. Okay. But
2: Hong Kong alone is not going to be enough. They they will have exactly. to think about, content-wise, they will have to think about how to fit it into the other, the other regions.
3: Yes, exactly. And I don't think Taiwan may show it, actually. I'm not sure what their ratings are like there, but Japan will never show it. Singapore will never show it. Korea will never show it not theatrically um, and in the West, you know, it's not going to play unless it's really a good film. Yeah. You, you can't show it like in, in like a regular, like a Cineplex in like the UK or Europe actually maybe you can show it in Europe. I don't know what the real the issues are there, but yeah, it's, it, it changes things. Distribution is not the same. You can get a lot of home video, but even then, then it really becomes hardcore yeah. and hardcore can't be sold at certain places. They have to put it in the X rated section. They can't sell it in the regular non X rated section. Of like Amazon, are they going to carry it? to Amazon,
0: yeah,
3: things like that. You, you lose that power. So once you make it fully hardcore, you're you're, you're out. So um, they can't do that, but they can do certain gimmicks. Like I said, they could pay one actress a, a, an obscene amount, and then she says, "Yeah, I'll do it one time only."
0: Yeah,
3: and it's an actress that no one expected would ever do it, and it breaks. You know, it's like, woo, people are excited." Yeah, there was a reason people freaked out when uh, Lolita Lee went to category three in 1993. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she was an actress who had been around since the early 80s. A yeah. lot of youthful comedies, you know, Happy Ghost series, Best Supporting Actress nomination for Shanghai Blues, um, or Best New Artist, I can't remember. Best Actress nomination for Final Victory, Patrick Cam film. Mm-hmm. You know, she was not a nobody. Yeah. And then she gets into Category 3 films. Yeah, that movie made a, a pretty good box office mm-hmm. for a film of that type. Not Sex and Zen numbers, but easily way up there. And, you know, the curiosity factors at the talking point is there. You get someone like that, I don't know. I don't want to choose an actress because I don't want to, like, stick, you know, and say this is the one that should do it. But if you choose one and uh, she does it, then there's your talking point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so it can be done. The real
1: question you know, is, just... how much money would they have to offer Chrissy Chow to do it?
2: That's a good question. I mean, you'll be... <laughs> I don't know. It might have to oh. be Donnie numbers.
1: <laughs> That's
2: Chinese you know. fat numbers.
1: Chinese <laughs> <Giant> fat numbers.
2: <laughs> that I don't think Steven so can 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 afford.
1: Yeah. But, I'm sure um,
2: you, i sure I, I don't even want to say she has a price. I don't even want to go that far. I mean say, yeah, she can be bought. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe maybe she does, maybe she doesn't. I uh... she she has she has vowed to not never do the points. She she has vowed never never to show points.
3: So, no one else in Hong
2: Kong does it. So you know what? Not a big deal.
3: Maybe. It's like, ooh, you're following the pack. Shame on you, you lemming. Christy Zhao.
2: <laughs> but um <laughs> moving moving on to another point. Um I guess it's something that you guys might not be able to, to, to relate to or something. Um I have to add a extra extra gratitude to Steven still because the film's uh subtitles, the Chinese subtitles, are actually done in Cantonese. Um they're the Cantonese dialogue. This. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the transliteration or the trans whatever, the literal Cantonese dialogue, uh, sort of more like the old Wanjing 90s stuff. Um, this is especially important because um, for the last most part of the decade, uh, Chinese subtitles in Hong Kong cinema has been going with the formal Chinese so that uh, mainland Chinese viewers can understand it. Here, um, they're all in Cantonese. Um, in fact, this is something I find interesting, a film that sold so hard to mainlanders they'll come down and look at the subtitles and won't, they won't get any of
1: it. I don't because think they're going to be looking at the subtitles, dude.
2: They will want to know what they talking about, <laughs> especially with the verbal jokes. And I mean, that's but, interesting. It, it's, it's kind of a fun thing. Actually, uh, I've heard this too.
3: And, and like they've got like the hardcore, sorry, the hardcore, pornog- I mean, profanity. Whoops.
2: I think, I think we can
1: say hardcore, here. That,
3: hardcore profanity. They have uh, the hardcore profanity in the uh, subtitles. Normally they don't do that. Yes.
2: Yes. I think we can say the words here. Those, those two, at least those two words are really just written out. In ways that you would never see, not even, not even, pretty much in any media, you would never see those words being written yeah. now.
1: Uh, so, yeah, or like, or like uh, the guy uh, in front, in the row in front of us said Lun, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. "lun" is really a big word in
2: in this movie, and it shows up <laughs> a lot of times. Yeah. and in the audience see, too. That's, that's the
3: thing. Yes. So there,
2: I hope not. But you know, they, <laughs>
3: they, uh. They, they really did some. At upset. least not in our I mean, row, you know, right? Uh, I, I was on the far right and not the far left. I don't know what happened on the far left, but um, you yeah, know that's where all the foreigners sat. Sorry.
1: Apparently, they, they got picks, Somebody got pictures of the guys on the far left, though. Yes. Uh, I hope um, I wasn't. I was on the far yeah. right.
3: I was on the far left. <laughs> uh, but you know, but but you know, they did some good, uh, some smart things here. I mean, you know, uh, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and say, "Damn, you, Steven, sue You mean shit. <laughs> it's, it's you know who's going to say that i mean you know he made a product and you know he did a good job of making a product it's not a great film not even really a good film overall but uh it is it it does its job and you know they did a lot of uh, uh, little smart things i mean you mentioned before kevin about like the political references in the film
2: mm-hmm. yes there is are uh, these small small
3: political references
2: yes mainly to hong kong politics even not not even any anything greater re- anything outside of hong kong it's specifically Hong Kong politics and what Stephen Steele has talked about in his in his blog, uh, specifically political reforms in last year, and and local political figures. So it's it's nice even, little
3: touches, and even like even the fun stuff, like a couple movie parodies.
2: Yeah, yeah, there's uh, movie parodies. Uh, you got a you got a Jay Chow reference, but only yeah Cantonese. Um, you also have a, I think a Kill Bill reference, a It Man reference, yeah, things like that. It, I mean, the
3: Kill Bill, it, Bill one is the music, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. I wanted to ask you something about the Kill Bill reference. Uh, This was when I received a phone call, so I couldn't really pay attention (laughs) Uh, in the cinema. And and sorry, yes, this means I was on my phone in a cinema, but you know what? It's a (laughs) dynasty. Really, no one was going to (laughs) care. Trust me. Someone was yelling horse right in front of me, for God's sakes. that's just horse. Horse penis. (laughs) Yes, I know. Okay, yeah. Okay. I I left out the other words he was yelling. But um, was the music the exact Kill Bill music? No. Oh, no, no, fake kill bill. It was fake. Fake
2: kill bill, fake. Kill bill. But it
1: was, you know, it was. It was yeah. obvious Battles that they were honor. trying to create that same sense.
3: Battles uh, with uh, honor, without honor yeah. or humanity, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, actually, yeah. When I saw the temp track, it was the real kill bill. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they had that music in there, and I was like, oh, yeah. I wonder if they're gonna leave this or do a fake one or what. And so now I know they have a fake version in there. Yeah. Um. I seem to recall I was hearing it, but I couldn't really tell if it was really going for a fake one if it was like the real track. But yes, they, they yeah, it was, they, they were using the real one for their tenth track at the time. Yeah, yeah, I, I told you, seeing it, seeing the unfinished version, of this was like was like the best experience of the whole three D sex and then thing. Mm. It's like for me, I was like, wow, flying green stuff. Yeah. So no wagon wheel. W-
1: <laughs> yeah, the wagon wheel was great. Um, the, is this something that you can would consider? Seeing again or picking up on video?
3: Well, considering I just bought a copy of uh, of uh, Future X Cops, I guess anything is game. <laughs> but, um, I bought it used.
1: Guilty. But,
3: um, <laughs> you're you're guilty too. And I bought right. it for half the price you did. Um, uh, yeah, I, I guess anything's possible. Uh, you know, I, I I I wouldn't rule it out. It's not going to be a first day purchase for me, for God's sakes. But, uh, you know, it could happen. Um,
0: totally
1: you know, off the subject, but X- did you get the Blu-ray of Future X Cops or the DVD? No, I got the Blu-ray. Oh. Where, do you, where, where, where use, do you get used Blu-rays at? Casino Center. Oh, okay. i have to head over there.
3: It cost there. me 50 So I was like, yeah, why not? What the hell? You know, <laughs> it's like, got my attention. Ah, I'll do it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's... Uh, that's an example, something that yeah I might get, but it's not high on my list. It's not a first date. What, what about the original? I,
1: I've noticed that's out on Blu-ray now. Do you think you're gonna? Oh, I bought that. You got that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, what do you say? You know, it's. What? Well, sorry, what's the question again? Do you do you plan to see this again? Do you think you'll pick it up on video? I don't know if I'll pick it up on video because I don't think I'll
2: get the same effect again, but. I would think about watching it again if the time is right and the price is right or whatnot. Um, my girlfriend is going to one of those uh, ladies-only screenings tomorrow night. So I, I'd be interested in seeing how, how she reacts and, and see if see if it, if it fits her taste that we might go watch it again.
3: You should actually expound on I mean, explain that uh, ladies-only screening thing. Because, yeah, it's another thing they're doing. They're doing ladies-only screenings in Hong Kong, which is bizarre. But, you know, yeah, they're yeah, doing yeah. it to attract...
2: In order to attract a female audience, yeah, they decide to uh, in two theaters once a night they have ladies-only screening to to tell these to tell women that hey, you know it's okay to watch category three films. That, yeah. So that's how why that's a that's there. an interesting market
1: marketing trick trick. Um, you know, I won't I I won't reveal names here, but the group we were with there were a couple ladies who attended with us, and there were moments where it was kind of uncomfortable for them. I think because there. It was predominantly a male audience that was heading, and this was just initially heading into the theater when they had opened up the house. And I think once I think at, once at, once the film got rolling, is like nobody was, you know, was noticing anything about that. But um, seriously, I was a little scared too because so many middle aged men.
3: But it's just a stigma, you know. Nothing's going to happen in that theater, especially not with that many guys around. I'm yeah. sorry.
1: Well, no, nobody <laughs> expected anything to happen. Some- I just think it was like it. It just seemed. You know, like I don't know. Skeevy. Yeah. Skeevy. Exactly. That's the right word. Skeevy. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know.
3: yeah it, it is uncomfortable. And, and especially because we
1: were at the Dynasty, we it's not like we were at Langham or, you know, at uh, AMC in in Festival Walk or something. Um, it's a place it
2: where triad would frequent. let just say yes. Yeah. I
1: think that's the that's the easiest way to put it for for non
2: Hong Kong people. It it was like it was like a theater that triads and, could frequent. It Looked like the middle aged triads were out.
1: yeah
3: Yeah, this is this is a theater which no longer has its own concession so you're free to bring in anything you want yeah and and (laughs) and smoke and
1: drink and talk on the phone and yeah nobody cares
3: and uh and and play angry birds
1: and sometimes football um, (laughs) and answer phone calls (laughs) yes well you know i had
3: no choice it was from italy Mm -hmm. um uh it's and hey, you know, I'm like I said, guy in front of me, yelling horse, something. Yeah. So, <laughs> I felt it was okay to answer my phone and say, Hey, I'm really sorry, I'm in a movie. Can I talk later? Um,
1: we forgive you. Uh
3: yeah, I know. Actually I think it was one of the funny parts of the film for <laughs> you guys. Are like, oh I can't believe someone's calling him.
1: And it's a girl. Yeah. The girl's calling him. Ha ha
3: ha ha. Boy, you're screwed. Um yeah, I like to explain that. But
1: uh, Which is Yeah, you know, I think... You- just just to jump in for a, a a moment on on that issue, I mean, this is not going to Italy, right?
3: No. Yeah. It's not. Well, it's they already announced the schedule, so the answer is no.
1: Was it Was it ever being considered?
3: Yes, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think you consider everything. Yeah. I mean, okay, honestly, that's why I saw it. I did see it for consideration. But, you know, for, for many reasons, you know, it just doesn't happen. Mm. You know, I, I, it, uh, my actual opinion at the time was that it's was positive. It's like, you know, if it's cost effective and it makes sense, just do it because, you know, you'll get buzz. You'll get it'll be interesting for people. Mm. People will know about it. So if you have it, you'll be like, wow. But maybe it just wasn't cost effective. Maybe a distributor pulled it. Maybe it got bought in Italy. That's another good question. If it got bought for real distribution in Italy. hmm. Uh-huh then why would they want it to show to Film Fest before they have their own say, either theatrical or home video? Huh.
1: Yeah, that's I mean, a good point. You see,
3: that's, that's another issue. So, I mean, like, you know, they were aggressively pushing this to every territory. They want people to buy this in every corner of the universe, you know, even like Tibet. So it's like, uh, yeah, actually, that's a really good point. If Italy, someone in Italy, a label bought it, how are they going to allow it to show, get its international premiere at a festival in your country? Yeah. Not gonna happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, actually, um for whatever reason, yeah, it's not happening. So...
1: East Green, West Green. Why don't why don't we do a subtitle of the week? What? 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 Huh? This week in subtitles <laughs> Alright, so there was a lot to choose from from this film. But we narrowed. I I narrowed it down to one. I don't know. Maybe Kevin, you you may have a different one. Um, But basically, a very classic scene where the main character is being laughed at by everyone at this brothel, and they say, uh, "You're just too poorly endowed. You have to get a new cock." Um, So subtitle of the week there, Kevin. You have one?
2: No, I think that pretty much applies to me as well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Applies to you as well.
3: Yeah, it's showing way too much. <laughs> Someone has to give me a horse
2: horse transport.
1: Uh, <laughs> All right. Um are, are any final points you gentlemen would like to make before we wrap this up?
2: Points? I'm sorry, I just <laughs> <laughs> fighting them left and right. Just, well, I I hope people realize <laughs> what points means. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think it's um I think seriously I think the people who who are who are trashing this movie I think really is looking at it from the wrong point of view I think who's trashing it I mean other the, than some mainland I've literally seen one message or one forum that says oh my god this movie is worse than Marriage of a Liar now I wouldn't even compare it with Marriage of a Liar and no I would not say it's worse than Marriage of a Liar but I wouldn't begin to compare it with it it is just such. Why would you compare it with with, with a two B movie, a film that is not, you know, you could say *Mystery of Life is meant but yeah. I mean, you
1: know, I, I wouldn't even compare this with genre. a three. I wouldn't compare this with girls. You know, it's just not. Yeah. It's a completely different thing. It's a completely different genre, and it's just yeah. It's like, you know, it's not like comparing Star Wars and Star Trek kind of a thing. It's you. It's like you. You just they're not even in the same realm uh, with normal films that you'd see in Hong Kong. So. Yeah, so I think you
2: really have to adjust your expectations when you go in and don't... Especially mainstream audiences. Even though it is trying to appeal to a broad audience, which is, you know, right thing on a publicity point of view, but it's a very bad thing for audiences because then they go in with the expectation of a, of a mainstream spectacle film. Mm-hmm. And that's... But, you know, they, they,
3: yeah. they, the, the film wins either way. Because you know what? I hate to say it. Uh, those people who are naying and being all bitchy about it... They're going to get people like, well, I don't see what your problem is. And those people are going to outnumber them. You're yeah. doing it. I'll do it.
0: Yeah, and it just like creates more buzz. Everyone in the West
3: will do it. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and it just creates more buzz. It's, you know, what, what was their goal? Was their goal to make everyone think they had made an award winner? No. Their goal was to pull in some money. And they did that. Mm-hmm. Problem solved. I mean, they, they did it. So, well, they I, did I mean, I,
1: before I saw it, I was kind of hoping that they were going to take... um. Uh, a, a bit more of the originals approach, you know, try and be a little bit more, uh, I don't know what the right word is, classical, I guess, uh, than they were. And, and we already talked about those points. Um, you know, and the the fact that they weren't left me disappointed, but again, there was still enough to keep me entertained um, for what actually, was be,
3: To be honest, if they had tried to do that, it may have been, may have been more of a risk.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think people would actually,
2: I, like I said, like I've tweeted once, that's, Oh, the premiere! One of the one of the reactions literally, there's too much sex in the movie. It's really strange what the mainstream audiences are expecting. I guess that's what you risk when you're selling a movie this to this broad.
1: Yeah, Looks yeah like I and, tweeted, yeah, where's where, more, where's the zen, right? I want more zen.
3: Well, the you know <laughs> the zen, it's uh you know it's when you abandon your principles and went to see this film. Um, <laughs> It's yeah, they, they they really is you know they 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 win you know that's that's all you can say and you know, that's fine you know I I give them credit they 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 won and yeah. you know it's a triumph of marketing. So we'll we we'll, we'll change
1: we'll change the second half of the name we'll use Cantonese we'll call it Sex and Chin, right? Because it's all about the money. <laughs> yeah, um, Sex and Chin.
0: Sex <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah, it it really is it's, it's 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 you know and they can quote me on the box a triumph of marketing. I yeah. hope they do, but they
1: won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they will on the mainland China version, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, they will.
1: <laughs> All right. I think that's going to wrap things up for this special advance episode of uh, talking about 3D sex and Zen. Uh, we should be back to our regular normal count and somewhat normal films uh, starting next week. As always, you can visit us at our website, that's www.concast.com or you can drop over to iTunes and leave us some reviews there. We'd be happy to get some feedback from you. If you'd like to follow along with what we're doing, you can follow the show um, on Twitter. You can follow it at uh, uh, twitter.com slash congcast, or you can follow Mr. Ma at The Golden Rock, or you can follow Ross at twitter.com slash lovehkfilm. If you'd like to email the show, you can email us at eastscreen at gmail and if you'd like to keep up with the other two gentlemen, Kevin, you've got some reviews out and about. Where can they find your work? Yeah, you can
2: read my review of Western films on uh, www.ypmovies.com.hk this week. uh, Well, actually, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably won't be watching the movie I'm reviewing this week and that would be Hop. So... um, (laughs) So uh <laughs> <laughs> but I I will write a review of it. Uh that's will be up next week. Yes.
1: All right. And Ross, where can everybody find your stuff at?
3: Uh as, as usual, you can find me at uh, lovehkfilm.com. Now I've been during it's 10th year online. Oh, that's Branding. amazing.
1: Woo-hoo. You're like a it's, grandfather yeah, on the internet.
3: Yeah, I'm like old, old and crusty and uh, angry all the time. Oh, please don't be
2: crusty in this. In this, in this room. <laughs>
3: God. I, it could be worse. I could have said slippery or something like that. But...
1: <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for us, folks. Um, you know, we'll be back to start hopefully a normal podcast once again. Uh, probably more boring if you're actually listening to this and made it to this point. But back to our normal format next time. So, as always. Until next time, whether you're watching Category 1, 2, or 3, we will wish you good viewing and we'll see you then.
2: See you next time, everybody.
1: Uh, see ya.
2: Does that mean I can say the F word more than three times?
1: Um, yeah, but I'm going to keep a count on you. Ah. You'll have to report to back a... and tell us all about uh, all your uh, pizza eating binges and uh, everything else that goes on. Uh, no. No? We'll
3: see. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's where they got it wrong. You may, we may want to cut this part because, you know, I have to say this every time I do a podcast with you guys. Yeah. Cut this part. Haha, <laughs> ha, we're going to cut uh, this part, aren't we? <laughs> you're going to have to cut it, you know? And since we're cutting this, I sort of say, just Don't put this in.
2: Don't put this in. Don't put this <laughs> in.
3: And then eventually violence and blood and everyone dies. Sorry, I just spoiled it. Uh, we're not talking about that film, so it's okay. Um, but yeah, so, but it's based on a book and they all die in the book too. So, uh, And Harry Potter dies too. Um, but Damn you but, no, hello. Sorry. Snape killed Dumbledore. door. Um I cannot believe this. Can you hear that? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> hello? My god. Okay. It,
1: is it Italy calling again? Well, it
3: was blocked, so I have no idea who was calling me. <laughs> <sighs>
2: I was probably my dad. Yeah. Uh,
1: As we found out, there are worse moments to call, so... <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, yeah. during, the, during the film, yeah, talk about that. Yeah, do you really want me
3: to talk about that, how I was called <laughs> by Italy during a, a showing of Sex and Zen, the orgy scene in Sex and Zen 3D? I was good, and they're like, oh, what are you doing? And this girl's like... Oh. And I was like, oh, nothing, I'm at the cinema. Um, uh, a regular cinema. You can't play it in, like... Uh, like, it's not going to be like moi" or, um, or I probably pronounced it wrong, but who cares? I'm not French. Um, but uh, that's what they say about our films. I want you to know that. I, I can't pronounce uh, the real name of the mission, so it's just the mission. Um, no, but seriously. Um, but yeah. Uh, that
1: would be La Mission.
3: Yeah, you're right. La yeah. Mission. Usually <laughs> you, you've just done something more offensive than me, so I, I skip it. I'm off the hook. French people hate you now. Um, Sorry, Grandma. Um, it, it's fine. I mean, you know, there are other films to see. There's Lost Bladesman. And sometimes Donnie is better than porn. But <laughs> <laughs> never. That's, never. Oh, wait. Always. Always. Like, yes. How can you say never? What the hell?
1: <laughs> okay. Um, oh, wow. We're running really long. Um... <laughs> All <That's> right. Okay.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Would you say you're it eighteen inches now? <laughs> <half? laughs> uh,
1: no comment. No comment. No comment. Um, <clears throat> long enough that we don't need to find a horse. I'll say that. Okay. Um, <laughs> just, I, I'm
3: banking on this being your most popular podcast. So I'm just gonna say right now, if, if you reach the point, this point in the podcast, thank you. But,
2: um, <laughs> this, this is so exciting that I wish we were more coherent for the last two hours yeah so exciting yeah i just wish you were more coherent I mean, honestly we had we really had notes people really did have notes yeah the, the notes
1: kind of went out went out the window early on yeah. but that's fine we, we covered i think you we know, pretty actually, much covered I really everything
3: wish, i really wish that we had actually seen the film because you know? <laughs> if we had maybe this would be worth your time yeah you know but you know we actually just saw a dvd of sex and chopsticks i only watched half <laughs> Boop. Mm-hmm.